down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Rolling well, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! <sighs> well, you know, that reminded me, that uh, that little intro reminded me. Um, I need my royal penis cleaned. I do, I do. Yeah. No, 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 hey, Box, we're not going to do this tonight. We are no? the world. We are the children. We're here to save everybody. <laughs> we, no, we're not. We're a fucking, <laughs> we're a goddamn <laughs> podcast, damn it. Not here to save anybody. We are the world. We are. <laughs> Fuck that shit. All right. Anyway, what's going on, everybody? It is Saturday night, obviously. It is THT Movie Review. I am Boxman. And sitting right across from me, via Skype, of course, Anthony, what is going on, bro? What's going on, bro? Oh, same shit, man. Same shit. Just, uh... Getting shit done. Just watched this movie. Got done with it about uh, a little less than an hour ago. So it's fresh in my mind. Same here. I watched it earlier this afternoon. And got to thank you for the recommendation. You had brought this up many times over the yeah. course of our year history. And I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Didn't really know what to expect going in. But I walked away saying, yes, hey, it's not a bad movie at all. By the way, yeah. we're talking about making a great. Making the Grade, 1984, it is uh, underrated. It is sort of an obscure movie. Um, pretty much a lot of Judd Nelson movies are, I guess you could say, obscure. You know, especially this one, though. This one, not many people have heard of it. If they have, they're surprised you've heard of it. Um, but I don't know, man. It's definitely one of the better ones. Uh, hopefully, to be honest with you, it's on YouTube in full. 
So if you haven't seen it, go look it up. Making the Grade, 1984. Check it out. So, I mean, we don't really need to get into the, a lot of the actors in this movie. Uh, I would say when your biggest star is Gordon Jump from WKRP in Cincinnati, you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Gordon, yeah, Gordon Jump is in this movie. Judd Nelson, we obviously we mentioned. Uh, um, let me ask you <clears throat> real mm-hmm. quick. Um, it's pretty sad that when I saw Gordon jump, first thing I thought of, you know, that's the bicycle rapist from her, that episode of Different Strokes. <laughs> that, that too. That was yeah. my first. That was my first thought. I mean, I know he did the WKRP thing, but I think if you don't know him from that, most people know him from uh, that episode, that very special edition of uh, Different Strokes. One of those very special editions, of course. Kind of like the uh, kind of like the cocaine one from uh, Growing Pains. Yeah, <laughs> they were at the party with the girls, and they were snorting coke. Oh, what a weird show! Anyway, um, like like I said, we don't need to get into a ton of the stuff with the actors, the actresses. Um, we'll go through it as we go because it'll be easier. Like uh, one of the actresses, Jonna Lee, in this movie, beautiful girl, uh, plays Tracy Hoover. Uh, we'll get into all that in a few minutes here. But uh, this is like the only thing she's ever done. Now, um, Andrew Dice Clay is in this movie. And now we were talking about Andrew Dice Clay during the Eddie Murphy episode. And I mentioned this movie because we were talking about Dice. Yes. So this is where Dice became Dice. This was not his first movie. But uh, this definitely was where he became the Dice Man. And he kept this character going throughout still he's still the fucking dice man so um but a little depressed no nypd blue references yeah and and just to show you how obscure this movie is there's no box office information that i could find at all um it was definitely a failure at the box office um uh, let me put it to you this way when reviewing the film for the New York Times, film critic Vincent Canby walked out of the movie after seeing about an hour of it. <laughs> Which is kind of like sad because the movie's like an hour and 43 minutes. Mm-hmm. So the fact, that he, the, the fact that he couldn't last an extra 43 minutes says a lot. I mean, it was, I don't think it was that bad, though. No, it it really wasn't a bad movie. It just, uh, this was definitely was not going to be a movie for critics. Now, this movie did so bad uh, at the end of this movie, which, you know, obviously we'll, we'll get there. Um, at the end of this movie, there is a little sequence where in words it says, uh, stay tuned, uh, uh, Palmer and Eddie will be back in Torista coming yeah. soon. Yeah, that movie was never made. Never made. This movie did so bad at the theaters. It was never made before. As a matter of fact, this was the last movie this director ever directed. <laughs> All right. Uh, director was, uh, no, I'm sorry, the writers. This was the last uh, thing. Uh, Gene Quintano. This was the last thing he ever wrote. The director did more. The writer didn't. But uh, I'm, I'm guessing you, I guess you could say uh, that a uh, writer didn't make the grade. Ah, a good one. That was a good one. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was oh. worse. 
That was worse than one of mine. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm out. Oh, all right, all right. But anyway, uh, yeah, this this movie was not a box office hit. It was a flop, to be honest with you. It's one of those of just weird little movies that I personally like, and uh, hopefully everyone maybe will uh, listen to this and maybe want to go out and see this fucking movie, man. It's really a good movie. Uh, hopefully we'll go through it as, you know, the best we can. But um, like I said, this was not Andrew Dice Clay's first movie. Neither Judd Nelson. Actually, they had been in a movie together before this. Uh, two movies, Rock and Roll Hotel and Wacko. Haven't seen either one of them. Neither have I. But, uh, you know, we, you know, uh, our uh, affection and love for Judd Nelson is pretty kind of like been well established on the show. Hell, we did a Judd Nelson episode. And we did early, early on. We sure did. So, but, uh, you know, this, um, I got a few more clips than I thought I would get in this movie, but, uh, I probably won't play all of them. I'll jam a few together. You know, that's usually what I, and I end up getting way more than I need. So I don't know, man. I, I, like I said, not really a lot of actors or actresses to get into. I guess we should just get into the movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, then. Here, let me go ahead and I'll start. The first scene we we start off, we meet, uh, the one actor I, I will obviously mention is we start off meeting Palmer Woodrow, played by Dana Olson. Uh, yes, it's a guy. It's not a girl. So there you go. But that's how we start the movie. His um, maid is bringing him breakfast. And uh, that's where we're going to start right now. So let's go ahead and start off right now. Up and down these steps. Up and down. Getting too old. Now, don't make me come in that room. Not even human. Too much trouble. Palmer. Palmer, you awake in there yet? Understand you with that thing on your face. Well, I can't breathe in here with all these germs. Townsend's downstairs. Oh, screw Townsend. Open a window, will you? You open the window. I ain't stepping in this room until it's clean. Hey, nobody said this job wasn't going to have its hazards. What are we paying you for? I ain't paid enough to do this job. Nobody's ever been paid enough to do this job. I'm in a brewski. Nice grab. All right. So there we go. We get kind of an idea of what Palmer is. Palmer is the lazy uh trust fund kind of kid. Rich kid. Um I guess he's of college age here. High school, college. Uh if I had to guess the character I would guess he probably might have been like mid twenties, like maybe twenty three, twenty four, the way they played it. Yeah, but it's prep school. I'm not sure if prep school is college or I don't think it is. I believe it's like high school. To be honest with you, so I don't know. 
Anyway, I, I I don't know. I thought prep school was like high school, but I could be completely wrong. Uh, and they do talk about the kids being freshmen, so it could be either one. And the kids do look pretty young when they're there. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who gives a fuck? Anyway, it's got nothing to do with the goddamn movie. How's that sound? Uh, but anyway, he's kind of the lazy guy. He doesn't want to do anything. Um, like I said, more of a trust fund kid. Uh, but, uh, you know, we do see a little bit of that. Also, we see a little bit of, uh, Eddie, you know, he's, uh, we see a little bit of, we, we, we don't, we, we, we sort of meet Eddie here, what he's doing, you know, he's sleeping in his car. Judd Nelson is Eddie, by the way. Uh, he's sleeping in his car. He's basically a homeless guy. Uh, he's breaking into the old school soda machines that used to dispense bottles, glass bottles, not plastic bottles. They didn't have plastic bottles back then. Glass bottles and, uh, brushing his teeth. But, uh, you know, obviously down on his luck. He's, uh, you know, hitting on, you know, kind of being nice and, but he's kind of a known guy in the area. You know, everybody's, yes. everybody sort of knows Eddie. Eddie. But, Eddie. What's up, Eddie? And I'm, and I actually like the homage. Well, obviously this came out before Breakfast Club, but I kind of like the precursor to look into the future with the look, the jean jacket, the boots. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was the kind of eighties look, but I mean, I don't know. He was sort of, uh, kind of grungy before grunge, huh? Yeah. That's the, I, I noticed that it's a little thing, but I picked up on that immediately. Yeah, never really picked up on it, but yeah. Um, now, remember we did meet Palmer um, before he was waking up, and when she said Townsend is downstairs, obviously that's one of his father's aides um, and, you know, like helper, not the bad aides. Uh, and, one, of those, and he, one of those ass-kissing types that kind of does the dirty work. Exactly, and I believe he does call him an ass-kissing joke at one part during this next scene that I'm going to play. But uh, we go back right now. We're meeting Palmer one more time. This explains a little bit of uh, the plot in that uh, he has to go to school. So uh, let's roll this scene a little bit, and we'll uh, go on from there. Here we go. Palmer? What the hell are you doing here? As your father's special assistant. You're an ass-kissing joke. And uh -huh. you're a lazy, self-centered twerp and an embarrassment to your family. My father's not going to like you talking like that. I'm quoting your father. Oh. He's telexed me from Belgium with some good news. He's placed you in Hoover Academy for your final year of prep school. What? I knew you'd be pleased. Maybe now you can graduate before you're older than the faculty. You know what they say about Hoover? It's like going to school in a vacuum. It's the prep school of last resort. Palmer, flunking out of six schools in three years doesn't leave many options. Kids you started with are practicing medicine now. Does my mother know about this? She said maybe I shouldn't go to school this year. I should try to find myself. You know, I have a very delicate psyche. Join me in a little canard. I doubt that your mother does know. She's probably in the Caribbean sunning her own delicate psyche. Let me give you the alternative. If you don't go to school and don't graduate, you will be cut off. No trust fund, no allowance. 
you will actually have to get, and forgive me for using the word, a job. Thank you. All right. So he uh, just threw a duck through the window for everyone that's wondering what the hell that was. He threw a duck through the fucking window. But uh, <laughs> what? No, Pops, I had a because uh, as as the scene is going on, obviously, it's no visual aids for the people, unfortunately. But he's mm. actually uh, brushing his teeth and gargling with beer. Yes. I'm sorry. Miller High Life does get a lot of uh, little uh, product placement in this movie. Yes, have you ever done this uh, technique? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've. Uh, I I've, think it... in the shower, I've done it a few times. Gargling with beer. How'd that work out for you? Uh, I just kept drinking the beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days, man. You know, you just got to do it sometimes. I haven't done that in a long time, though, man. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, like a real fucking long time. So, yeah, but anyway, obviously there's the ultimatum. You've got to go to school, you have to graduate, or else you're cut off. No more trust fund, no more lazy days, nothing. You're done. You're out of here. So, there's the ultimatum. That's the, I would say, the first part of the of the movie. Um, and then... We go back and they flip scenes and we flip right to Eddie one more time. And we meet, Eddie starts talking a little bit. And he's talking to the local hot dog vendor, uh, Nikki, who obviously used to be the um, maitre d' of one of the best restaurants. Because he still thinks he is. But this is a, this is a weird, this, this, this man looks very dirty. I don't yeah, there's not too many ways to class up a hot dog truck. No, no. Which is what he, which is what he tries to do, which is... I don't know I, I don't know whether it was depressing or funny. What do you stand on it, this scene? Uh, a little depressing. A little bit depressing. Um, a little depressing and a little funny. Uh, Judd Nelson's a little funny in it, but uh, let's go ahead and play it real quick, and then we'll, uh, then we'll BS about it. Give me a sec here. Let's go ahead and hit it. Bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour, madame. A bien. May I take your order, monsieur? Perhaps a little electric shock therapy, Nicky. No, I'll tell you what. Why don't you hold the van and give me a couple of dogs? Ten years as maitre d' in the best French restaurant in town, Eddie. Old habits die hard. And then they may want me back. Here's Nicky handling the books. I'll tell you something that's worse for you, Eddie. Those two primates Dice has got out looking for you. Uh, I just had to do a little bit of <laughs> relocation, you know? You wouldn't uh, happen to have $3,700 like a bar, would you? So there we go. We get uh, another sort of ultimatum there. He owes a bookie. Eddie does. Judd Nelson. $3,700 he owes to Dice Man who, again, is Andrew Dice Clay. Um, so there's another thing. He needs money. One guy needs to graduate or he gets no money. So you see how things are working here? Yeah. All right. Every series of uh, happy coincidences. Exactly. That's exactly how it's working. 
Uh, then um, we uh, we go to the scene now. They're playing some golf. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry. They go to we go to a scene now where they're uh, we go back to Palmer and he's with his best friend Rand. Rand is played by Carrie Scott. I've seen this guy in a few movies. Um, not a ton of movies, but I do remember him from what was the movie I remembered him from? Uh, Bruce Almighty. Ah, oh, yeah. He was in there a couple of times. He was the sports guy. I mean, he's got 79 credits. It's not like the guy's done nothing. Um, but I mean, and the credits roll from, you know, 2018 to 2017, 16, 15. So, you know, the guy is still doing shit today. Um, good for him. Done a lot of TV series, a lot of TV movies. Wow. I mean, like, I'm going to go 15, 20 TV movies and, and a bunch of one-offs and a bunch of, uh, other shows. Nothing that I've ever, not many shows that I've ever watched. So, but uh, I do remember him in, you know, Bruce Almighty. He just had a quick scene, but I do remember him. But uh, anyway, we go there and Palmer is pissed the fuck off. He doesn't want to do this. He's playing golf horribly. He's throwing golf clubs. And probably one of the funniest little lines in the movie. I'm just going to play it real quick and then we'll kind of go on to the next scene because... But I gotta play it. He throws the golf club, and the smartass caddy says this. Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like, yes, it is. It's slicing toward the elm trees. Well, you Kurt fucking gouty. Hey, that was your best drive today. Now look, shift your weight a little faster like this, and you'll lose that slice. All right, so there we go. Uh, Kurt fucking gouty, by the way. Kurt gouty was. Uh, Do you know who that was, Anthony? Uh, no. Enlightened, sir. Uh, 50s, 60s, 70s sports announcer. I believe he was, uh, like NBC sports announcer. Very famous sports announcer at that point, though. But, uh, mainly, I I believe he was the voice of the Boston Red Sox, mostly. Uh, so he's minor mediocrity. That's why I never heard of him. Probably. Did you just make a fucking Boston Red Sox joke, you cocksucker? Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Boston Red Sox would be, that'd be cocksucker. Here we go. Fucking cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, yeah, so now we go from the golf course where he is playing like shit to where the goons, the primates, do find Eddie. Um, finally, they do find Eddie. Uh, they take him back to go meet Dice. That's right. He's going to meet Dice. So let's go ahead. Uh, actually, before he goes to meet Dice, I'm going to play a little part for you. Because right, right when they're on the way to meet Dice, we flip back again to the golf course. And uh, we get a little more of the story here. So let's go ahead and play a little more of the story. I don't know. It's this prep school thing. It's throwing my game off. I'm not psychologically prepared to go. Well, at least we can still be roommates, you know? Small compensation, Rand. Look, I got other plans. I was supposed to leave for Europe in a couple of days. 
Besides, Hoover Academy. <laughs> what do you recommend? Lessons. <laughs> what club wise ass? Ah, if I were you, I'd just stick to kicking. If you were me, you wouldn't be a caddy. Hold this, will you? Yeah. And what difference does it make to my parents if I go to school or not? They never see me, or each other for that matter. <laughs> what a tragedy. <clears throat> okay, boys, watch this. All right, so he's still doing bad in golf, throwing golf clubs, pissed off. And we now get to the scene where we meet Dice Man. That's right. Dice. Because I know you've all been waiting. Hey, where in this movie is Andrew Dice Clay? Well, guess what? You don't even have, not even 10 minutes in, and the Dice Man cometh. <laughs> see how I, see how, no, you didn't yes. know that. That was the yes. name of. That was the name of one of his shows. That was the Dice Man. Dice Man Cometh. Yes. Okay, I got it. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It was it, it was an acceptable joke. Nice segue there, Box. Nice. Right. Right, yeah, because explaining jokes makes them a whole lot funnier. Uh, anyway. <laughs> fuck it, I'm just going to go ahead and play this shit, God damn it. Leave me alone. What are you girls practicing for a ballsy contest? You make me sick, you know that? Don't wave to him. He owes me money. Hey, Dice Man, the act looks great. What do you think, Mook? Eddie. The act sucks. Now that's respect. Why do I get the feeling you've been avoiding me? I don't know, maybe because I've been avoiding you. That's <laughs> pretty good. Not I trust because of any fiscal difficulty we might be having. He bit off an ear for a tenth of what you owe him. I need some more time. You had time, man. No, I just don't like it. You fucked up. You were a screw-up, you know that? You should not have begun wagering. So now you must pay or suffer. You decide. It was a third choice. Death by tire wheels. <laughs> Eddie, I don't need this pressure. I don't need this small shit. Get him out of here. Break his legs. And then get me some pizza, okay? All right, so they're told to go break his legs and then get him pizza w with anchovies, by the way. Yes. Uh, so. Now, let me ask you, Box, real quick. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, threatening underworld figures, where would you put uh, Dice's performance here? Uh, back in 84, he was probably a scary guy. Uh, I thought you were going to ask me if I liked anchovies. The answer was no, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, back in the 80s, he was probably a scary guy. You know, uh, and this, I believe, was shot in New Jersey. So in Jersey, he was probably a really scary guy, you know, obviously kind of guy that sort of, uh, you know, runs girls, bookie. He's probably a fucking pretty heavy hitter, you know, in these days in this movie because he's fucking scared of him. I mean, he's breaking legs and, you know, the guy even said you know, he bit off an ear for a tenth of what you owe him. I'd be pretty fucking scared about you. Yeah, maybe it's because it's after the fact, but it, I, I found myself laughing at a, a lot of his lines throughout this movie. Well, I mean, we know him as what we know him as now, so it's, it, I mean, back plus, then, plus, he wasn't like, that guy. I know that, plus, you know, obviously, no secret, 
I'm a Goodfellas Mark, I'm a Sopranos Mark, and after you see Pesci, and after you see Tony Soprano, James, it's kind of like, that kind of set the standard for, like, legitimately scary mob people, mm-hmm. and then when you see this, it's kind of like, it comes across comical with it. Well, yeah, I mean, plus he's a Jewish guy, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's got something else to do with it, he's not fucking Italian. Um, but anyway, they put, they throw Eddie in the back of their pink Cadillac. <laughs> That's right. They've got a pink Cadillac, the two henchmen. And uh, he runs from them, gets out of the car, and he runs and he runs and he runs and he runs. He finally loses them. Um, he almost loses them on a golf course, actually. Almost loses them. Goes through the golf course, and while he's running through the golf course, he ends up in the locker room of the golf course. So, of course, guess who comes walking in? And now we even find out a bigger chunk of the movie right here. We're getting deep into the plot now, and here we go. God, you know, if it wasn't for those seven triple bogeys, I probably would have had a pretty good round. <laughs> you know what the joke of this whole prep school thing is? My parents won't even know if I'm there or not. That's what really bugs me. Will you stop complaining? I mean, being poor is worse than going to prep school. Just ask a poor person. Who knows any poor people? If I did, I'd hire one to go to school for me, and I'd be off to Europe. Yeah, now that's the remark of a desperate man. Yeah, well, I'm desperate. <coughs> Cheese? Oh, yuck! Hey, you know something? Nobody at that school knows what I look like. My father would be traipsing all over the world on business, and my mother would... Just be traipsing. Why wouldn't it work? Pay some guy, what, five, six hundred bucks a month and a bonus to graduate? You said it yourself. Going to school is better than being poor. Well, yeah, sure, it's a great idea, but, I mean, where do you propose to find the idiot to do this? Well, of course, where else would you find the idiot to do this but the idiot hiding in the locker? Judd Nelson. Dun, dun, dun. That was amazing. <laughs> they play the dramatic fucking music. Of course they do. Of course they do, man. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the way it goes. Yeah, that was that was funny. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to lie. The timing of that was perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. We figure out he would hire somebody if he had the chance to, and now he has found someone. You know, he's found the idiot to do it for him. Uh, so. They literally start actually discussing terms. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to this a little bit, and then we can go from there. Here we go. Yep. Your school records, as for references. Hey, man, what? listen, forget the red tape, okay? I'm considering a lot of other offers. Yeah, you know, you two should exchange brain scans. I mean, you're both nuts. Don't worry, I got an instinct for these things. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll cover your monthly expenses, and there's a $5,000 bonus once I get my diploma. 5000 bucks? All right, 10000 but that's it. Once you get to Hoover, my buddy here will show you the ropes. He may not come from important money, but he's got a lot of class. You want the car, too? Test pin. Isn't that a little steep? What the hell? I hate the color. Feel free to open it up. I mean, Jesus. All right. So, they've actually made the deal now. So they are actually going to do this. Um, and obviously those were the henchmen he's running from. So really this works out to be a win-win. Uh, Palmer, the real Palmer, can go do what he wants to do. Eddie, not only is he going to get money to pay off his debts, but he's going to be out of New Jersey. 
So he's going to be away from Dice and all the henchmen and all that good stuff. True. Yeah. So this is a win-win for everybody here. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially a day out of Jersey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I've only been there once. I was in... Um, oh, what part? I think I'm... Uh, Red Hook? That sound right? Is that on the water? Red Hook? Uh, uh, let's just say yes. I know it's a Red Hook section of Brooklyn, but I never heard of one associated with Jersey. Maybe it wasn't Red Hook. Maybe it was something else. Some other hook. I don't know. Were you out there fishing? Drinking? What kind of trip no, was it? No, I went to pick up a, uh old girlfriend of mine that uh, was living there, and then she was living with me for about a year and a half, and then we had a little breakup. So... But yeah, I went there to pick her up in the winter. It was fucking freezing. Wow. Oh, it was the worst. I hate I hate cold weather and it was so cold there. Was it one of what was it one of those years we got a bad snowstorm on the East Coast? I don't remember, dude. I was Jesus Fox. When was it? Nineties? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was not... pretty I was pretty drunk. Yeah. So no, yeah, not a lot of brain cells about the nineties for you. No, no. I mean, they're they're slowly regenerating, but you know, just just it takes a while. Um, now, we also find out a little more here. Um, not only does uh, Palmer and Eddie have a deal, but Rand decides, hey, I'm the one kind of uh, you know taking the risk here. I'm the one that's going to be coaching this guy. So you need to definitely maybe pay me a little bit. So let's hear what happens with Rand. He uh, he works his friend pretty good here. I actually uh, I like that Rand sticks for uh, sticks up for himself here. You don't you kind of don't think he would, and he surprises you right here. So here we go. I don't know. I don't like it. You know, I mean, I'm the one who's gonna have to take the heat when this Eddie guy screws up, and he's gonna screw up. So you just gotta make sure that he does. Look, you can't do any worse than me. I mean, seven years and I still haven't graduated. Yeah, good point. <clears throat> But he doesn't even fit in, you know? You don't even know this guy. He may stay a week and decide to take off, huh? Wrong. Did you see the way he was looking at my Porsche? Besides, I don't have time to find anybody else. Hang on a second, Chief. You know what? Real quick, let's talk about the Porsche before we get any further into the scene. Okay. The car he is talking about, because I'm sure you're like, wow, talk about this car twice. It is. That car is actually a 1959 Porsche. It is red. It is a 1959 Porsche 356A convertible D1600. Wow. All right. Now, I did read that. I didn't remember that. Trust me. So uh, it's basically an old Porsche, and it really is a fucking gorgeous car. Um, <laughs> so, again, if you've never seen it, now you can go look that up. Hey, uh, that, that Porsche right there. So again, you can go look up the 1959 Porsche 356A convertible D1600. And this is a badass car. Now, obviously, by today's standards, it'd be pretty passe to see somebody driving in one of these cars. But, uh, do you think these could be good pussy magnets in 2018 and beyond? Or do you think they're too, too old school? Oh, no, dude. These are that, any of these old Porsches, they're vintage, bro. Fucking vintage old cars, dude. Chicks love vintage. And it's retro. <laughs> it's so retro. So basically, if you had the chance to pick up one, you would? Uh, if Yes, of course. If, if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. 
Yeah. Man, you're was... a you're a tough audience tonight, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I gave you a polite chuckle. It was funny. It was so or, funny. Or, or 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 I'm that bad. One of the two. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, before it goes away, we just bring it up some 1984 films um, that obviously did a lot better than this movie. Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, The Natural, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Terminator. This is Spinal Tap. I mean, so many films came out this year, that this year, but yeah, that's one that never had a chance. I mean, all due respect, I love Judd Nelson to death, but. Those those are some heavy hitters we've just dropped in the chat there. This yeah. movie had no chance. <laughs> Listen, man, this movie here had. It, I do know it was a low budget film. I do know that the original, and this was on IMDb, the original budget for the film, uh, the soundtrack of the film was only five thousand dollars. They blew it on like the first band they found. Mm-hmm. And that band ended up screwing them over, so they f- suddenly scrambled, and suddenly the net, the you know company decided to give them more money for it. So they got lucky, and the company found money. But I mean, some of the people on this soundtrack I've never even heard of, like ever. Me neither. But I gotta say though, um, some of the background music on this flick I actually enjoy. Found myself kind of like nodding along to. Yeah, I mean, My Sharona, one song I've heard, but I mean, they have this one, um, Shandy. Have you ever heard of Shandy? Uh, Cin- no, I have Shandy Cinnamon is her name, but <laughs> sounds like a, sound, that sounds like an out of work porn star. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> she, uh, she sings a lot of the songs, and there is even a song in a, uh, song in this song soundtrack. By Frank Stallone. Yes, the brother of Sly. Yeah. Well, Box, you know what that means. Redeem oh, yeah. yourself. And- Here we go. Oh, yeah, I know what that means. I mean, my brother is in the movie. Yeah, so I got the money from this movie, you know. <laughs> Here we uh, go. This five, maybe ten dollars. Uh, movie, movie was a busy shit. Uh, you saw it, right? Kind of, you know. I, I mean, I know you might have liked it, but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Foxy. No, you redeemed yourself. I all like right. that. There we go. So, all right, let's get a little more into Rand uh, conning his friend into paying him too. Uh, here we go again. I I love the fact that Rand stuck up for himself. You you you, you know you always kind of see the nerdy guy in the movie get screwed over, but uh, he kind of uh, injects himself into getting paid here. So here we go. Look, who else can I turn to? You're my best friend. Sorry. Yeah, I'm your only friend. Now look, as I see it, you know uh, everyone's getting something out of this here, but me. That's life. That's what they say. You're right. Wrong. This is life. And now, he can't make it without my help. And uh, I should get paid. What? Why not? It's not like I come from really important money. Look, pay me half of what you're paying Eddie. Rand, you have turned into real pond scum. Yeah, well, you better hurry up. I'm considering some other offers. All right, all right. <laughs> come on, will you? I haven't got all day. Oh, yes, sir. I can count on you, can I? Sure. Let's let's just hope you can count on Eddie. Ciao, baby. 
All right. So there you go. Rand now has a stake in this. He's getting paid. Um, and we now go to Hoover Academy. Uh, by the way, this is a real school. This is not uh, just a, a set of, uh, you know, for a movie. This is actually called, uh, this is school is in Tennessee. It's called Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and a bunch of the uh, real students at the time did appear as extras and, you know, had roles in this movie. Yes. Yeah. So, but wow. yeah, this was an actual school. So. And uh, real quick, um, obviously Palmer's giving addition out a lot of cash here because he's a trust fund kid, so he has access to the money. But my God, I mean, do you think you even even if you didn't want to go to school and it was just cheaper for you just to pay somebody to do it for you, mm-hmm. well, would it be worth it for you to uh, run through that burn through that kind of cash? Um, no, not to me. But, I mean, I guess to him it is. I mean, uh, I guess we don't know what the trust fund is, but obviously he's a little rich kid. So, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, in the movie, I'm glad it makes sense. But, no, I wouldn't. I don't think it'd be worth the fucking trouble. Fifteen grand. I think he was paying him, what, he said five, six hundred a week. I'm like, Jesus. Five hundred a month plus ten grand to graduate. So he's going to have to pay Rand two fifty a month. Plus five grand when he graduates. Yeah. So that's uh yeah like nice chunk of change yeah that's uh yeah fifteen I don't know how long school lasts figure what let's figure seven months let's you know let's just go six months. Well, he's a senior. He I I think he's supposed to be a senior. So we're only talking for a year, one school year. Yeah, school year is what six months, eight months, like nine months. All right, let's all right let's do seven. All right, so five hundred—that's that's 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 a good fucking chunk of change. What's that? Thirty-five hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm doing the math now, Foxy. Huh? I'm doing some math. <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, thirty-five hundred. Jesus 30, Christ. Thirty-five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and uh, so that would be half of that. For uh, Rand, which would be what seventeen fifty, yeah, one thousand seven hundred and fifty bucks. So that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad, man. You know, a little, yeah, definitely a little expensive just to spend on someone to go to school for you. But yeah. uh, let's get an idea of what the people at this school are like. Um, they're being dropped off. These kids, it's their first day, and this is how some of these kids are being treated by the older kids. Let's just give you a quick idea. This is a very quick scene, so. You scratched it. This is from Abercrombie's and you scratched it. Can you believe this cheese dip scratched my luggage? Kill him. Sing it. I said, sing it, Smack. Sing it. But I didn't memorize it, sir. I didn't know. You didn't know? You didn't know? Well, you think you're such a big man, you didn't have to learn the Hoover fight song? No, sir. Hoover prep we are for you. Proud to, to wear the pink and green. All right. So they're picking on the freshmen. 
guy again. Now they call the freshman Smack. Not quite sure why. They don't really explain it. It's kind of stupid. But the best scene right now is when Judd Nelson, Eddie, pulls up in the cab as Palmer. He is in black snakeskin shoes. He's in a red suit with a half-open black shirt. And just the song he pulls up to. All right. Again, I mentioned Shandy. This is actually one of her songs. He pulls up and he's walking in. And I'm just going to give you an idea of the song. I'm going to play it just for a quick second. Just so you can sort of understand the scene a little bit. He's walking in. He's not walking. Would you say he's strutting? Yes. It, I mean, between the suit and his walk here, mm-hmm. I'd say he's like he's a weird combination of Eddie Murphy and John Travolta. There you go. And he's got a boombox in his hand playing. I, I hope everyone knows what a boombox is. If not, please Google it. I know some of you young kids are, what the hell is a good boombox? Look it up. Because uh, I'm, I'm too old to tell you what it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm just going to play you a quick clip of the song just so you know what he's walking into, give you an idea. Again, strutting, getting in people's faces, dancing to the music, kind of, shaking his shoulders. And here's a quick sample of it. All right, there's a little idea of the music right there. Uh, Everyone is looking at him. Uh, He calls Rand, and Rand is, like, embarrassed. He won't even, he's like, oh, God. Uh, Walking through the halls, checking the the payphone for money, pushing around people. But, yeah, just acting like a, acting like a badass on the streets of New York would be. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Not but, uh, like a preppy, preppy kid. Yeah. yeah, so basically at this point, this is when it turns into your typical 1980s fish-out-of-water type of movie. Yeah, this is one of your, um, what would they call this, a, a, a kind of prince and popper kind of movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and definitely fish-out-of-water. He's definitely <laughs> not a preppy guy at all. Um and uh, we do go right now. I'm going to go ahead and take you to the next scene real quick. And the next scene from there, I, I I would have loved to have played you that scene, but you have to see it. Trust me. It's Judd Nelson at his best. Honestly. Walking through that little hallway doing what he's doing is Judd Nelson at his best. But uh, this is when they walk into the room, and this is where Judd Nelson finds out Rand's got a stake in this too. So here we go. You actually paid for this room? Huh. You actually paid for those clothes? <laughs> What's wrong with these clothes? Well, you must be Palmer Woodrow. My name's Biff, Skip, Reggie. Great names. Wish I had a name like Biff. Yeah, can't get depressed with a name like that. I mean, it doesn't sound right to say, gee, Biff, what's wrong? Are you depressed? Yeah. Great names. And... If I may say, that is a great outfit, Woodrow. We were admiring it when you came in. It, that is genuine Van Lon, isn't it? Uh, very nice. It almost feels like something real. 
<laughs> Gosh, I, I really hate to bring this up, but, uh, Rand, did you tell Woodrow that he's a smack? Oh, he's a senior. He's a senior, Beth. What's a smack? He's still new. What's a smack? A smack's a freshman or, or any new kid. Right, now, Blimp here. Well, Blimp's a senior, <laughs> but he's also the floor demo model. Hit it, Blimp. Biff tells Ren, you better teach him. Um, I actually messed up scenes there. I forgot this was the first scene that we saw where uh, he does walk in. He meets Biff, Skip, and Reggie. Huh? Yeah. Do you know anyone named Biff, Skip, or Reggie? Can't say that I do. You can't say. Uh, I actually don't either. Neither Biff, Skip, nor Reggie. No. Now, now let me ask you, Box. Obviously, this is more your era. Mid-80s, mm -hmm. early 90s. Mm-hmm. Did you have any, uh, did you hang with any guys that had any kind of, like, cool or danger-sounding nicknames? Not that these guys do, but... No. No, I never really did. Not really. Before you were boxing, did you have a nickname back in the day? A bunch of stupid ones, but nothing worth mentioning. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, just bullshit with my first name, you know. Dave. Davis. Dave-O. <laughs> and of course fucking Dave oh fucking Dave god damn it Dave don't go misbehaving yeah exactly <laughs> and of course my mom always called me damn it David <laughs> that's actually pretty <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> that's actually pretty <laughs> matter of fact she still calls me that matter of fact damn it David uh, <laughs> what the fuck did I do? Uh, anyway, now's where we find out where Rand uh, is talking a little, uh, has a stake in this, and he starts talking some shit to him, like, holy fuck, what are you doing? You're going to fucking blow this whole thing. Here we go. You are supposed to be a Palmer Woodrow. You're supposed to fit in and lose your stupid personality. You are supposed to be a preppy, or else we can kiss our money goodbye. Oh. Our money? Yes, yes. I have a stake in this, too. Oh, all right? Oh. And you're going to fit in because I'm not going to lose it, nor am I going to take any crap from you when you screw up. Now I'm allergic to cancer, so quit smoking. All right. So, from this scene, we go, and this is where he starts teaching. Rand is going to teach Eddie how to be preppy. Now, the biggest preppy shirt in this movie is the alligator, the uh, uh, Lacoste, right? Lacoste? Is that what they are? Uh, I thought it would have been like the uh, polo shirts. Well, the polo shirts are in. They do show a polo shirt, but... The they main... have Argyle socks. Jesus Christ. Right, but the main shirt they show are those alligator shirts. I thought they were called Lacoste, but you might have just said it, the Argyle. No, the yeah. socks were Argyle. Yeah, the socks were Argyle. I know the polo shirts. Not familiar with the uh, ones you're talking about, but those ones were horrible. But they're still, they were polos. They just had an alligator on them. Yeah. Um, so that's the one he's talking about. 
play a little bit of this scene. It's a little bit visual, but you can sort of get an idea. And it's just kind of funny to listen to what Rand is saying in this scene and how he's teaching him. So here we go. Let's learn how to be a preppy. Lesson one. Preppy come lately. Preppy come never. Preppy forever. Socks. Wear them only to weddings, and then they'll only fit your own. This duck is preppy, all right? This duck is not. This woman is preppy. Thank you very much. This man is not. Thank you. Ugh. Come on, don't roll cigarettes up in your sleeve. <laughs> Learn to love yellow and pink. A tie's knot should never be bigger than your head. Clothes, they should look like you inherited them from your older brother. Oh, very nice. Pants. Now, they should look like you outgrew them last year. Perfies must get beat up a lot. Are you listening to me? I'll wear as many layers as possible, but not enough to remind you have any armpits. You look great. Things should look neat, right. but never new, all right? Oops, hold on. All right, there you go. So, we have just learned how to be a preppy. What do you think? Anthony, are you now a preppy from hearing that scene? No, I'm not. Even okay. though I did, I did like the... Uh, Actually, I actually did. I do have a nice little collection of polo shirts. So okay, and I'm borderline, but not all the way out because I hate argyle. Even though they're nice, I've never never been a fan of argyle socks. But polo shirts, love them. Yeah, I actually like polo shirts. I got one on now, actually. Polo shirt. Nice. Is that an authentic polo shirt? Because uh... no, (laughs) no, this is a golf shirt. I got a uh, a golf tournament my dad went to. Because a quick little story, uh, and this is a, something I learned as a kid. You know how you can tell the difference between an authentic polo shirt and a bootleg one? Oh, please tell. Uh, you know how you got the little horse, the, uh, you know, guy sitting on top of the horse? Mm-hmm. Well, literally, true story, when I was a kid, you had people that would actually try to sell a polo shirt, and I'm throwing up the quote fingers, with the horse on one side and the man on the other. Yeah, that's uh, probably not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not real. Um That's pretty fucked up, dude, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> People try to fucking sell anything, man. But yeah. uh this is he does get a ton of preppy clothes, and this is where we also see Tracy Hoover for the first time. We don't know who she is. She drives by in the car, gives him a little smile, and um he drops all the packages, and they're like, yeah, that's uh, not very preppy, dude. So, anyway, we now go. We get to Gordon Jump. They're, this is their first day of school. This is when school is starting. This is when uh, we just learn a little bit about well, what's going to happen in school and how excited Gordon Jump in this movie is. Uh, he's a very excitable character in most of the things he plays. But uh, Mr. Harriman is his name in this movie. He's basically the principal dean. And uh, let's go ahead and play a little bit of this shit. What do you say? Let's do it. Well, well, men, <laughs> and, and I call you men because that's exactly what you are when you register as seniors here at Hoover Academy. One of you sitting here is going to be the recipient of this year's annual Hoover Memorial Award. The symbol of academic and social achievement. <laughs> I ask you, man, isn't that exciting? 
I, I find it exciting. As exciting as the sense of tradition and honor that the name Hoover embodies. Sounds like Coach Worker. I have got tattoos you wouldn't believe. In uncharted regions. <laughs> What's going on here? I'm welcoming the seniors. What's going on there? Is it September already? Sir, excuse me, but this is the proctor for the senior dorm? Why, he's not setting a very good example. I totally agree with you. I don't think you understand, sir. These ladies' car ran out of gas. I'm merely letting them use my phone. Let's have a little bit of compassion. What do you think these are? Just filling them up with gasoline to bring back to the car. <clears throat> but now that I see these ladies in the light, I realize they are not women of high moral integrity. It's a couple of woof-woofs. All right, so let's get out of here right now, please. I don't have any idea what to do with you. Perhaps I should be sure that they are removed from the premises, sir. Hurry back. I'm gonna have to. I've only got about 11 minutes left on my hour. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Wait, let me help. Yeah, wait a minute. You're not going anywhere, young man. Just uh, sit down, Mr. Uh... Woodrow, Woodrow. Palmer Woodrow. Look, it's my only ride into town. You're not going into town. Why? Oh, you're gonna have girls come here? Because this place, oh, it's very nice, but it's very boring. This is an all-boys preparatory school, Mr. Woodrow. Okay, so we find out a lot there. We also meet the coach, who, um, Coach Werthers, who I'm not sure who he's played by, and I was looking, and I can't seem to find his name anywhere in here. Um, and uh, real quick, uh, Judd, Nel Judd Nelson's reaction to finding out he was in an all-boys school, that'd be my same reaction. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, here it is. Coach Wordman, Walter, oh, wow, Alkowitz. Alkowitz. I'll go with that. Um, right. Right. Him... You know what? Just so we can get an NYPD Blue reference in, let's just call him the distant cousin of Sipowitz. Uh, there we go. There we go. Now, I've seen this guy in a few things. Uh, he was in The Client. Do you remember the guy? Do you remember the movie The Client? Uh, that was uh, Tommy Lee Jones, right? Mm -hmm. It's been a while, but uh, uh, vaguely. Remember Romy, the guy in the car that killed himself? Yeah. That was the same guy. Wow, you serious? I am 100% dead serious. He was Romy in The Client. Wow. So we've seen him in a, uh, in a, in a movie or two, but uh, that was the coach in this movie. So okay. there you go. little... Uh, not really a tie-in to anything, but just thought I'd throw that out there. It's kind of a movie everyone's pretty much seen. But, uh, yeah, he's not very happy when he finds out it's an all-boys uh, dormitory. And uh, gets a little pissed off, if I must say so myself. But it's uh, their first day. They're going around. They're, um, they have 20 minutes to get ready. They're knocking on the doors. Um, ah, what the hell. This is what happens on the first day of prep school. Let's just do it. Yes. First call for breakfast. First call for breakfast. First call Go, for breakfast. Go, First day. We got 20 minutes to shower and dress. Uh, wake me when it's first call for lunch. Uh, oh. All right. 20 minutes to shower and dress. Dude, I'd be screwed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's no way to properly wash your ass in ten minutes. I'm sorry. No, no, it really I, isn't. No, I. It takes me. I takes me an hour to get ready, dude. I get up an hour before I gotta leave for somewhere. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, yeah. It takes me about an hour. And if it doesn't, I'd rather sit around for twenty five minutes or thirty minutes, whatever I got. So, but um, we do. Now go to the scene where they're finally in their professor's class. This professor is an old fuddy-duddy. Um, I'll play a little bit of the scene just because it's funny. Um, now, before I play this scene, though, I want to talk about Biff a little bit. Biff is the ass-kissing friend that sucked up to everybody that had any sort of power. Yep. Yes, that is Biff. Um You'll hear him mentioned throughout the movie. So I, I did want to just kind of let you know what he is. He's the ass kisser. He's sort of the leader of uh, the Biff, Skip, and Reggie group. Um, Reggie's not in there very much, but Biff and Skip are. But yes. uh, he's sort of the leader of, <laughs> of them. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of this scene here. Uh, just right when they're in there with the teacher. And uh, let's listen to a little bit. Here we go. Shoot. Take out your homework and, and pass it to the front. Excuse me, Professor Mueller, but this is the first day of class. You haven't assigned any homework yet. Oh, yes, sir. of course. You seem to have some papers in your hand. Perhaps you'd like to pass them out? Uh, uh, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> All right, so the teacher's obviously a little off, um, and they're messing with them a little bit. Obviously, they're a little pissed at Rand for, you know, telling the teacher that uh, he's got papers in his hand and that he should pass them out. But he does, and um, they make fun of the teacher a little bit. Now, the next scene we see is Judd Nelson as Eddie, or Palmer, is charging people to go in and watch porn on an old reel-to-reel projector. Yes. Uh, uh, I'll play a little bit of it. I'll play kind of the end. The coach walks in, and he's kind of like, what's going on? Again, he's charging people. These are 14-year-old kids. This would be like, my God, if this movie was ever remade for some horrible reason, this scene would not be allowed. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, you'd be called a pedophile. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean for oh yeah. Oh, showing a fourteen year old porn? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> this would not go over well. He's even got another freshman in there with one eye because he uh, only had two bucks instead of the four dollars. But uh <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'll play I'll play a little bit of the uh the e- oh, I'm sorry, Anthony's echoing probably. Uh, I'll play a little bit of the end of the scene here, where the you know the coach walks in, he asks him to rate it, and uh, I think that's where I'm starting here. Ah, uh, we'll find out. Let's just play some. <laughs> Sir, I'm very, very sorry to disturb you like this. And well, all right, I was wrong. This is where Biff is actually telling on him for doing this. Again, we said Biff was the kiss ass. Let's hear what a kiss ass. You know how much I hate to uh, inform on a fellow student. 
But I feel the reputation of the Hoover Academy is at stake here. Oh, boy. Uh, Thomas, you uh, gave them a seven. Now, why did you give them a seven? A seven? Seven? What are you, nuts? How old are you, kids? Fourteen. Uh, no, that was a nine. Take my word for it, that was a nine. All right, what's going on here, huh? A National Geographic film? You guys can't kid me. Now, let's get up and out of here. I'm not going to tell you again. Polly is up. Come on, move. I am surprised at you. I expected a little more out of you. Than... What kind of, of behavior is this? Uh, they told me it was a National Geographic. That was kids. Uh... <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, told me it was a National Ge Geographic film. I mean, come on, you know? But uh, obviously, Judd Nelson in a little bit of trouble here. But, uh, you know, he's he's excited. He thinks, oh, my God, I'm fitting in. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, Rand is pissed off. He's like, the more trouble, you're going to fucking get kicked out. Um, matter of fact, here's exactly what he says. Jeez, you know, Harriman could have suspended you, so please shape up. I don't know what you're so worried about. I'm, I'm a hit. A hit. People are noticing me. Yeah, but you see, that's my whole point. I mean, the proper credo's not to be noticed. I have a sense of, I don't know, discipline and tradition. All right. Now, so there you go. The preppy credo is not to be noticed. Just kind of fit in. Now, we also get to meet Muffy right here. Muffy is the real Palmer's girlfriend. So he ends up actually telling Muffy that he's Biff Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to play into the movie a little, a little bit later. But I will play some of this scene. So here we roll. Of course. Here we go. Mission. Woodrow, how you doing? There's a uh, Muffy Newhouse looking for you. What's a Muffy? You know Muffy. You know Muffy? Yeah, Muffy. Now, this is Palmer's longtime girlfriend. You gotta be careful, Don't okay? worry, okay? Well, just watch what you control. say, all right? Yo, Muffy! Yo, pardon me. Nice car. Do you buy this new? Are you trying to be amusing? Whoever you are. Biff. Biff Hamilton. Well, fetch Palmer for me, Biff. This is just the most wonderful surprise for him. Me stopping by on my way to Mount Hollyhock. Well, actually, Palmer has a most wonderful surprise for you. You see, he's not here. He left campus for a little while. Damn. You tell him I was here. It's where I expect him to be the next time I come through. All right. So there we go. We meet Muffy, uh, Palmer, the real Palmer's girlfriend, <clears throat> and uh, he tells him that he, uh, he's Biff, Eddie does. So, again, that's going to come into play a little bit later in the movie, which is one of the reasons I played that scene. Besides that, it's, it was just funny to hear him, you know, tell somebody he was Biff. But now we go to, to uh, the the workout scene in the gym. They're outside, they're kind of working out, if you want to call it that. But uh, 
once again, the coach is sitting there just watching them all work out, drinking a Miller High Life. Like I said, Miller High Life gets a lot of uh, a lot of love in this movie. Yes. I mean, it is the champagne of beers. It really is. It's really not good beer. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I got to say, uh, I don't know about you, Box, but this kind of took me back to the high school days and having an out-of-shape uh, phys ed teacher tell, <laughs> trying to tell us how to work out properly. I mean, I mean, he knew his shit, but it, it just always kind of like never made sense to me that you had <laughs> – a guy that was out of shape telling somebody else, yeah, you need to do this to get in shape. <laughs> oh, and a lot of them were always like that, dude. They were either the, like, fat, horrible, you know, th- th- people, or they were just fucking, you know, like the most ripped in the world, and you're like, no, nah, I could never even fucking look like you in the if ever. There was no middle ground. Of course, they were always the, you know, bull dykes that were teaching Jim back then, too, but, you know. Oh, oh Box, we have a disagreeable uh, Betty in the chat room, uh, Weebs. I'm not Weebs, but uh, Megs, B-Megs. Uh, listen. Told you to fuck off for your opinion on Miller High Life. Listen, my grandfather drank nothing but Miller High Life bottles till the day he died. Nothing but. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he drank Miller High Life. I will drink it. It's not horrible beer. Um, it's just not something I pick up except a couple times a year just to, uh, you know, hold one up to Grandpa. So, uh, you Fox, know. Since we're on this topic anyway, mm-hmm. real quick, uh, what do you think of the Old English? Were you a fan of that back in the day? Ooh, that stuff was always a little rough to me. But uh, I've had many, many OE, many OE quarts. Cause, uh, no bottles, man. The, the the big bottle in Florida, we could always get the quartz, the thirty two ounce uh, oh. big bottles of it. Oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah. We we I we, you, you can't get forty ounces in Florida. They don't sell them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's and actually surprising. Today, any particular reason why? Never care to look up why, but they do not sell. They only sell quartz, is the biggest you can buy there, thirty two ounce. So you got to get a quart, a quart of OE, and I've had many. I'll drink it. I'm not happy about it, but I'll drink it. I mean, shit, like I said, dude, I've drank Mickey's before, uh, Bud Ice, Ice House, Red Dog. You name it, I've drank it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm really not a beer person. I'm more of like a Long Island or Mm -hmm. a Hennessy-type drinker, but... uh. Only, I don't, I'll try anything once, except uh, I'll never drink fucking Four Loko again. That stuff is horrible. Yeah, like I said, I'm mean, you know, Four Loko's rough, man. And I've said before on the show, when you have to add that much flavor to try to cover up your nasty fucking beer, there's a problem, dude. Natty Ice, I've had Natty Ice. I've even had the Natty Daddy. <laughs> the, 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 like, 8.2% Natty Daddy. I drank two of those one night and puked my ass off Jesus! oh my god it was so bad i had one and i'm like fuck yeah i can have another halfway into it i was like i don't think i should be drinking this <laughs> by the end of it i'm i was like that was a mistake hour later 
Now, Fox, what's your normal routine like? Do you mix and match it? Do you kind of like whenever you know you're going to be drinking for a while? Did you kind of like keep the same same thing going, or did you switch it up? Because I know some some people are different where you mix them and then it's like you're peeking all over the place. Some people it doesn't matter. Yeah, I always try to keep the same thing. Um, the only thing I'll mix is I will throw I, that you're not supposed to do is I'll throw shots in the mix. Yeah, I've done that. I've had a couple of bad experiences doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not supposed to. I've always been able to do it though, with you know, pretty pretty good success in uh, not fucking killing myself. Um, and yes, I actually did Edward. Uh, in, in in it wouldn't have been Edward Forty Hands in Florida. We we called it Edward Quarty Hands. Get it? Quarty. <laughs> you did what you had to do, dude. But yeah, where they, they you know what that is, Anthony? Uh, no, no, actually, I don't. They will tape two, well, like I said, in Florida, they will tape two quarts to your hand. Uh-huh. And you cannot get either one off until you've drank both. Jesus. Now, they did this to, the night they did this to me was, I was, this was a horrible night. We were drinking Blue Bull Schlitz. Schlitz malt liquor, the blue my buddy Rigel, who I've mentioned on the show many a times, had a little store around the corner from him that that's all the guy would sell us is quarts of Blue Bull. So that shit was so... Now, Schlitz is a malt liquor, and it's fucking strong. And goddamn, dude, after those two, I switched to water. <laughs> you tapped out. That I night, was huh? fucking dying. I was so happy to get those things off my hands, first of all. And then I'm like, give me the biggest fucking glass of water you guys have here. I don't, I don't honestly, I don't blame you. <laughs> that sounds miserable. Oh, it was so. And you know, I I've drank. We've done the blue bowl thing. We had done the blue bowl thing so many times, and just I did, I for some reason, dude, when when the pressure is on, you get drunker from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to bitch out. You know, you with your friends. You know, mm-hmm. you want to hang. You want to show you can hang. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll add shots into anything. And you know, there have been plenty of nights where we've done some crazy fucking shots. And <clears throat> but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I, I, I don't like mixing beers because it's kind of, uh, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, Jim Brewer has a great little act on mixing liquors and stuff. If uh, you ever want to, uh, you ever want to listen to that, it's fucking hilarious. But um, yeah, dude, mixing beers gets tough. But I mean, I will if I have to. But that's, that's I'd a good prefer, idea, Weeks. Prefer not sure, to. You should do a, a beer podcast. There you Box. go. Oh, there you go. Bloody Mary. I love Bloody Marys. I do. I not with Clamato. What the fuck, dude? Bloody Mary beer. The fuck is this? <laughs> Jesus weaves. You're a bad man. Yeah, that sounds and, horrible. Yeah, and by the way, I do my Bloody Mary with gin, like B Megs is saying. I use uh, either Bombay Sapphire or Tangeray. Ah, Tangeray reference from Box. That's awesome. Uh huh. I actually like Tangeray, but I do like Bombay Sapphire better. Do you do the uh, peach schnapps? No, I don't do peach schnapps. I'm a fucking guy, dude. <laughs> I don't do fucking peach. I don't do fucking mint. I mean, 
if, if a girl ever asked me to buy her creme de menthe, it was because she wanted to stick it in her mouth during a blowjob, which was fine. I'm good with that. But uh, no, peach schnapps. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Worst I've gone is fucking drinking that uh, MD 2020. All right. So uh, what's the like? What do you think? What's the fanciest look you ever had? Ooh. Do, you, do, do, do you go like the Cristal route, the Hennessy? Because those can get pricey. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 drank Hennessy, but uh, I don't think I've ever drank anything. I mean, I've had some top shelf vodkas, but you know, like Kettle One and stuff like that. Nothing really. I've never drank anything real expensive, dude. Yeah. That I can remember. I'm not one of those like brandy guys or. Yeah, no, or you know, good expensive bottles of scotch or something like that. That's not me, dude. I'm a beer and shot guy. That's me. Very cool. I'm a I'm 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 a gun toting, beer drinking, shot shooting. I guess I'm kind of a fucking redneck. You are. Sort of a Jewish redneck. I don't know if that matches, but that's what I am. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I don't know what else. That's kind of what I am. I've always sort of been that, dude. Just kind of uh, always been that way, so. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get back to this fucking movie since uh, he's drinking a beer here. And uh, Judd Nelson goes over to him and he's like, Yeah, hey, coach, give me a fucking beer. So uh, let's go ahead and roll with this real quick. Then we'll get back to the movie. Let's do it. Let me have a beer. You kidding? Get back in there. You're in rotten shape for a teenager. Well, you're in pretty rotten shape for a phys ed instructor. You kidding? I'm in rotten shape for a human. It's not my fault, though. I was born before jogging was invented. What is your story? You're not exactly Mr. Alligator's shirt. No story. Remind me a lot of myself when I was your age. Remind me a lot of myself now. Look, uh, get back in there. Do, uh, do one of something. Great. Hit the showers. Yo, Palmer. He literally moves his neck like a turtle. The coach throws him a beer. But, uh, again, he... People can kind of see that he's not who he is. He doesn't look like or act like a lot of the kids around there. So, oh, look at that. Everyone in the uh, everyone in the chat room is talking about they've been sober for so long. Well, for you sober guys, uh, oh, hey, swig of Coors Light for you guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, sobriety doesn't work well. For a box fan in the THT family. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sobriety is so tiring. Um, but anyway, <laughs> now we get to, uh, now we get to the next scene here. And, uh, they're picking on Blimp, Biff, Skip, Reggie, and the crew. They're picking on the Blimp. Um, let's go ahead and, now what they're doing, by the way, is they're, basically using a soccer ball like a volleyball and punching it towards his head. Um, and Coach Wordman walks up. And let's go ahead and play a little bit of this scene. 
and uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. Do you have volume discounts? Oops. No, no points, no oh, points, come no on. points. I told you, you get one point for a direct hit. You get two points if you draw blood. You just grazed him. It doesn't right. count. Okay, watch this. It's a pro. All right. What is this? Bowling for dullards? You guys picking on the blimp again? Nice. Oh no, coach. We're we're not picking on him. We just want him to feel wanted. Right, Blam? Oh, sure, yeah. This is the very reason why God created fat neurotic adolescents. Right, Coach? Two points. Uh, I apologize, sir, but uh, contemporary psychologists agree that this type of eye-hand coordination exercise, it's very... Hamilton, <laughs> staple it shut, huh? All right, you guys, gather around. All right. So there we go. They're they're picking on Blimp there. Um, now, speaking of Blimp, real quick, uh, you mm-hmm. recognize Blimp, right? Yes. What show, Anthony? Go ahead. Head of the class. Yes, sir. Dennis from Head of the Class. Yes. Did you were you a fan of that show back in the day? I was a fan of that show back in the day. I was actually really sad when it kind of stopped showing after they canceled it. I actually really liked that show. That was um. That was uh, the Jesus. How many how many K W K R P references? Wasn't uh, Johnny Fever was the teacher, right? Was he? What was uh, his real name? Because you might be right. Oh, God damn it! I'm gonna have to hear. Hold on. Actually, I'm gonna have, we're gonna have to look this up, ladies and gentlemen. Head of the class. There we go. 1986. Give me a second, because I thought the teacher was. Johnny Fever in that movie, but in that show, who was played by, well, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'll look up WKRP in Cincinnati. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a little more of the scene here because uh, we find out about the little mixer, the Miss Spence mixer coming up. And... uh Let's no, actually, ahead. Box, you were right. It was uh, Johnny Fever. It was? Yes. Okay, yeah. I thought so. So there we go. Another little uh, KRP reference. That was a, that's a great show, man. Yeah, Howard uh, Hessman is his name. Okay, there we go. Fucking love that goddamn movie. But uh, all right, let's go ahead and uh, again, after they mess with the blimp, we find out about the little mixer, which is the dance coming up. And uh, let's go ahead and roll the dance. A word to you party animals about the Miss Spence mixer coming up? No drinking. No necking. No mooning. No fun. No kidding. (laughs) All right. So they're at the dance, and this is where they gather around. Now, the coach, during this little thing, and you're going to hear Judd Nelson make mention of this, um... The coach is literally grabbing his dick and kind of juggling it and jiggling it around during making these little comments here. Now, yes. we're going to hear a little bit on how the coach thinks these guys should pick up some ladies. And uh, let's go ahead and play this scene here. And by the way, take uh, I wouldn't use any of this information, but uh, it was good to know at the time. All right, guys, a few last minute tips. You meet a girl, compliment her. Nothing obvious like, uh, wow, nice dress. Say something different. 
you say something different, they think you mean it. <laughs> also, use her name a lot. Girls really get off on that. Look at what I like. Gee, Muffy, I really like your pantyhose. Well, that'll work out great, right? You get that far, you don't need a line. <laughs> you should start looking for signs of arousal. What signs? Ripping off their panties. Yeah, there's a hint. Also, nipples. They're a dead giveaway. They're kind of like the plastic tab on a Purdue chicken. They pop up to let you know when they're ready. <laughs> Coach, think of medicine for that, you know. What? For whatever it is you're trying to kill down there. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, in a few minutes, you're going to line up to meet your hostess of the evening. Be polite. Be gentlemen. No pushing, no shoving. Take the girl that they assign to you, no matter what she looks like. Remember, dogs have feelings, too. <laughs> All right, now let's go, huh? All right. So, again, um, there that's, you go. That sounds like some box man advice. The piece you pass up is the piece you don't get. <laughs> oh, well, my, uh, you know, my... My dad had some good ones, uh, but uh, <laughs> oh god, dogs do have feelings. He's right. Yes, uh, <laughs> he he's right here. This is you know he he he's not wrong in this situation. But uh, as they're going through the line, it's basically a line. Literally, you get who you get. Um, <laughs> you get what you get. You get what you get. That's it. You walk down. You 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 put your arm out, and that's it. Your date's your date. So, you know they're walking through, but while in line, Eddie sees Tracy Hoover, and he basically, you know, Biff was supposed to be with her, but he taps Biff on the shoulder and gets out of there. And he ends up with Tracy instead. And uh, he does, you know, he's doing everything he can. She's like, what the fuck? I was supposed to be with Biff. And um, you know what? I'll play just a little bit of that scene. Give me a couple seconds really quick. Let me get right to it. And Biff, by the way, ends up with a girl named Daphne who is geeky to say the least so <laughs> let's go ahead and again he starts hitting on um immediately starts hitting on tracy and tracy obviously is not you know the type to go for a guy like him so here we go i'm palmer woodrow how's tricks how's tricks uh what happened back there i believe let's talk let's talk bottom line I'm in love with you. Uh, no, actually, you're not. You just think you are. It comes from living in an all-male dorm. Oh? You lived in one? Well, yeah, I used to work for the CIA. But... So there you go. He's hitting on her. Uh, that was Rand, by the, by the way, saying he used to work for the CIA. That is never a line he used, by the way. Never. <laughs> never. They never believe it. Trust me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not even the stupid ones. No. Well, Maybe. the real... The real stupid ones do. Um, but again, we go to a little uh, another scene where he's talking to Tracy and again trying to make some headway. Eh, let's go ahead. So, you are Tracy Hoover. Are you related to the school or something? Or something. Uh, my great-grandfather founded it. Yeah? That's too bad he didn't found it someplace warmer, huh? I guess he wasn't thinking. 
Well, that's okay. That happens to me sometimes, too, you know. You're gonna think I'm crazy. No, never. Wait, you haven't heard it yet. It's like this. I mean, the first moment I saw you, I mean, it was, wow! I was nailed. Gone. Dead. I didn't even know you when you're breaking my heart. I'm flattered, I think. Well, you should be, because I've only felt that way about Pia Zadora. I believe there was some sort of confusion on the line, Woodrow. You see, Daphne here was to be your escort, and Tracy was to be mine. Believe me, there was no confusion. Everything is copacetic. Let's dance. There we go. Everything is copacetic, Anthony. <laughs> huh? Uh, uh, Everything. I, I love how people can butcher that word. It's an easy word, but it's easy to butcher. <laughs> Uh, it's still funny though, the way he, the, the whole thing, but, uh, you know, they're playing music. Everybody's out there dancing. They're actually playing my Sharona, you know, the old, uh, the, 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 the knack. Yeah. The knack is the original band. This is kind of a little school band. They're playing my Sharona. Then they go to a slow song. And <clears throat> once again, um, ah, uh, what the hell? Eddie. Remember, he said he's going to go dance with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tracy. And. Yeah. Well, her last name is Hoover. I know. I mean, if I, if you meet a girl with the last name Hoover, hey, take a chance. Take a I, shot. Obviously, she sucks. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's just play a little bit of this. What's the story with you and Biff? We date. Why? Yeah. You enjoy dating boring guys? Where did they get these morticians from? Hey, you guys know anything from the 20th century? Break time! One, two, three! Right. So we get some totally awesome 80s fucking breakdance music and some 80s breakdance in here from Judd Nelson. Air quotes. Um, Rand is all excited, like, yeah, that's my best friend. He's with me. But uh, yeah, he is breakdancing and making a little headway with Tracy while doing it. Because she's kind of like, oh, my God, watch this. Look at him. Biff is over there trying to con her into going to the car um, with, uh, you know, Champagne and Neil Diamond. <laughs> yes. You, I don't know. E even by 80 standards, don't you think that's kind of hokey, trying to use Neil Diamond to get laid? But they were preppies. So you got to realize they were they were they were they, they were preppy. Yeah, but it's Neil so, Diamond. So, you know, Neil Diamond, man, look. That, <laughs> Hey, you know, that, that, that line would have got some girls back in the day, I guess. Neil fucking Diamond. I mean, I know he has his uh, female fan base, but still Neil Diamond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does, dude. Chicks still fucking slobber over him. But uh, anyway, um, while he's dancing, uh, Judd Nelson, Rand starts getting picked on by uh, Skip and Reggie. And they take his glasses 
And, uh, you know, little bullying goes on, obviously. Rand's sort of a nerdy guy. We said that before. But uh, play a little bit of this scene right here where uh, Judd Nelson does stick up for him a little bit. <laughs> Just give me a moment. Ah! Oops. Oh, come on, Rand. Dunk for him. Come on. Look, it's not <laughs> You geeks dunk for them. Ah, oh, Buzz off, Palmer. Or do you want to dunk for him? All right, Captain Flash, Dan. Dum 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 so there you go. He stuck up for Rand a little bit. So not only is Rand watching out for him, but he's watching out for him too. Um, so Rand actually realizes it's not bad to have this kind of, uh, you know, thug sort of personality around. This guy can come in handy. He's not going to uh, let people fuck with me. Absolutely. Pretty good, man. Pretty good little part in the movie, actually, where, you know, it, it, it sort of brings them like a little bonding moment between the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. All these type of movies inevitably had like that bonding moment. Mm hmm. Between the characters. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we go into obviously uh, the uh, Gordon Jump was there. So they go into a little they're in trouble now. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of that, too. When you attend a function, like that dance last night, you don't just represent yourself, you represent Hoover Academy, which made your actions even that much more offensive. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're all dismissed, except for you, Mr. Woodrow. Well, it hasn't taken you long to become a disruptive element around here, has it, Mr. Woodrow? Uh, I'm a fast worker. Do you get cable here? Because look, whoa, a lot of snow here. I mean, it must be the antenna. You're testing me, right? Huh? Want to find out how far your boundaries go, huh? And how, how far you can push, you see? Yeah, I, I know about those things. <laughs> so let me give you an answer. You can't push too far, so straighten up, because right now your toe's on the line with old Darby Harriman here. Out! There we go. So we find out he's, of course, in trouble. Uh... Not sure why he was in trouble. All he was doing was sticking up for his friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty shitty that he's in trouble. But uh, there is another little uh, Hoover ball coming up. And uh, right here in this scene, they're kind of all trying to look cool. They're watching old Cary Grant videos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, just trying to look like him, be cool, you know, lighting a cigarette really cool and everything. And uh, we sort of go into the, you know, right into the dance from this scene. And, you know, Eddie is sort of getting into the Palmer character a little bit more as the movie goes on. And we'll see that as the movie rolls a little bit more. But uh, they're at the ball and Tracy's sort of in, in, into him a little bit. Again, this girl, you know, I don't know why she didn't do very much. Uh, really good looking girl, man, but just really only has like 
think like six or seven credits to her name. Yeah. So you think she could have had a career playing like basically, even if she didn't do a whole lot of uh, variety in movies, you think she could have made a nice little living playing similar type roles? Yeah, actually she has 25 credits to her name. Uh, hasn't done anything since 1990. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, last thing she did was a Murder, She Wrote episode. Three, uh, two episodes. So uh, that was it. Haven't Hasn't done anything since 1990, but uh, that was it, really. She was in uh, eight episodes of a show called Otherworld in 1985, which I don't remember. But uh, didn't do much. Not sure why. But yeah, I think she could have been done more. She was a really good-looking girl. Some big old hooties. See that in this little part or this little scene here in this little pink dress she's in. Yeah. But, uh, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, again, Judd Nelson sort of getting into the, the, the Palmer character a little bit. And he is making some headway with Tracy here. Let's uh, play a little bit and go from there. Wonderful gathering. Wonderful gathering. Hi. Hi. Your father talks great. You see a foreigner? Uh, no. Close, though. He did go to Harvard. Great ducks. I like them. Those are the famous Peabody ducks. They live upstairs on the roof, and every morning they come down to play in the fountain. Hmm. Hey, your duck. Are you prep or your regular? God, these things are so cute. Oh, they're even cuter with a Bing cherry sauce. <laughs> What's wrong? Would you know the bowling leagues didn't meet tonight? Biff, Palmer, we're going up to the ballroom now, okay? Okay, so as they're going up, Biff decides to push Palmer into the fountain. Um, pretty much a dick move, and so now he's all wet. And, you know, they were going upstairs for dinner, but Tracy, in trying to cheer him up and make him feel better, tells him, let's go do something a little more private. So they end up having Chinese food at her house together in the, in the dark. Uh, Tracy's amazing. Yeah, dude. She really is. But she even... You know, again, the coach kind of was like, you know, what's your story? You don't really seem like a Palmer. Tracy says the same thing. You know, they're kind of sitting here during their little dinner. They're getting along. They're reading their fortune cookies. And uh, she sort of asks him the same sort of question. Here we go. No, you don't seem like a Palmer Woodrow. What does that mean? You know, Palmer Woodrow. Just too stuffy for words. You're not like that. You're just... Human? Yeah. Well, Palmer Woodrow is my nickname. Yeah. Eddie is my real name. Eddie. Well, actually, um, Eddie's my middle name. Palmer Eddie Woodrow. I think I'll call you Palmer. Besides, I don't think my parents would let me date an Eddie. Would they let you kiss one? So there we go. He even gets a kiss out of the whole deal here. 
But uh, you can see he um, he he, he kind of wanted to tell her the, the the little secret that they're going through right there. But he didn't. Um, he sort of talked his way out of it. Uh, the father walks in and tells him, all right, we've seen enough of you tonight. Time to get out of here uh, before you bang my daughter. Uh, basically is what he was saying. There will be no banging of my daughter. But uh, once again, we did say we did say Biff was sort of the ass kisser of the group, and uh, here's a little more proof of that right here. You know how I hate to talk about a fellow student, sir, but uh, it's Palmer Woodrow. Get to the point, Hamilton. He's just not our kind, and it pains me to see the Hoover image stained like this. Stained. Stained. Besmirched. Especially when Hoover's in such need of contributions. Why, when I told my father what happened last night, he said he didn't know if he could support a school that would tolerate a Palmer Woodrow. All right, Hamilton, what did happen last night? Well, gosh, sir, I hate to... Uh, Hamilton! Sir. Woodrow got very drunk last night at the uh, Hoover Charity Ball. He humiliated the students and the Hoovers. Believe me, sir, all the Hoovers want to see him out. So there we go. Biff, the ass-kissing piece of shit, uh, basically tells on him for that. And remember, he did push him in, you know, but uh, obviously now he's working his little magic trying to get uh, Palmer kicked out of school. Uh, now we go to a scene where they're playing lacrosse. <laughs> Anthony, ever play any lacrosse? Uh, no, I can't say I have. Because no. I have a ball sack. Yeah, I didn't. I I never played this game either. Um, went to a school that did have this as one of their, you know, sports, but I never played. No, it, but it's not even that. Like sports that I played growing up, you know, I'm into like either physical contact or something that requires like skill. Like even though I'm not a big soccer fan, mm -hmm. I get the athletic, you know, the ability involved with that. There's a certain level of skill yeah. involved in that, so I don't mind that. But that mm -hmm. was my limit in terms of like out there sports lacrosse is just just looks real yeah not really my kind of sport but anyway he's uh again tracy is there to watch him bits biff gets a little pissed off tracy is there to watch him and uh to watch palmer and they run up with the stick and hit him in the balls now muffy is there also tracy doesn't know about muffy muffy doesn't know about tracy um, and again, Muffy thinks that Eddie is Biff, but, uh, Tracy gets a little jealous here and, um, you know, gets a little pissed at Palmer, uh, because Muffy sort of, you know, has a little talk with her. And, you know, when Tracy sees him talking to the other girl, she gets all pissed off. You know how women are. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we get a little bit of that. Tracy's pissed off now. <clears throat> He's doing everything he can to get Tracy, you know, he, he wants to get Tracy back. So he's, you know, sending her flowers. He's doing this. He's doing that. Uh, they go through a fire drill at school, which they do horribly at, by the way. So if you ever watch this, you'll see. And he's sending Tracy flowers and flowers. Finally, he sends her a television that says, I'm going down the tubes without you. Uh, 
<laughs> and somehow, and you it, think we make bad jokes on this show, folks? Yeah, no shit. Somehow it gets her to talk to him again, but not talk to him. Basically, what she does is um, gets him to ride horses because at one time he told her that she, that he loves to ride horses. Um, Anthony, ever uh, ever been on a horse? No, I have not. Don't plan to either. Really? You? Uh, I actually used to do hunter jumpers, the jumping horses. Oh, nice. How was it for you? Uh, not bad. My sister still does it, actually. But uh, she still has some horses. I used to, I've been, I've ridden many horses. So you were good at controlling them? Yeah, it's not hard, dude. They're, they're, they're very tame, easy animals to uh, control. Once they're broken, you know, uh, once once they allow someone to be on their back. So you never had to worry about that buck action, them hind legs? Because they oh, can yeah. catch you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had a few horses try to buck me off. I've had a few horses rear up and throw me off and been bucked off and uh, ridden saddle broncs. I rode a couple saddle broncs for some people. You know, those yeah, rodeo that, horses, and uh, I was pretty good at staying on, man. It's very good. So, I mean, and I'm not even trying to make a joke here, but you know, have you ever had any of those uh, near-fatal uh, Christopher Reese-type situations with horses, or no, not really? No, I mean, I've fallen off a few times, nothing big. I mean, I've gone through jumps, um, but, you know, I, I didn't do, like, the steeplechase like he was doing. I did the arena jumping. Oh, it gotcha. It was different. Yeah, he, he was doing steeplechase. Um, I did the arena jumping like you would see, I mean, you, you see both, but you, you would see the arena jumping on the Olympics actually, um, for the United States horse jumping team a while back, a few years back, uh, not the United States, the Canadian team, there was a guy named Harold, uh, Harold chopping. And, uh, he was a friend of ours and he actually sold us a couple of the horses and he was on the Canadian team. And we did know a few people on the U S team. At that time, too. So, yeah, my nice. sister still does it, man. So she's uh, she's all into the horses, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he gets on a crazy horse uh, called uh, Chain Lightning. And, uh, you know, he's he doesn't handle the horse. He's fallen over and, you know, but he does eventually end up there uh, after all that. They end up back at a little cabin, him and Tracy, and we get a little sex scene with him and Tracy, and we don't see her naked, but very close. Very close. Yes. They should have got closer. I understand. I agree. Yeah, this one was rated R. Could have got something. It was. It was. But uh, now we get to the scene where the coach is also one of their teachers, and um, after the love scene, we get back to some of the funny. And the coach is telling them that they have some of the worst test scores of every school. Let's just play it, goddammit. I can't do it justice. It's hilarious. Men, for the past five years, Hoover Academy has averaged the lowest SAT scores in the English-speaking world. Well, that ends today. I'm going to give you guys a few cardinal rules to follow.
First of all, it is almost never the letter E. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> there you go. That is his advice, Anthony. Uh, it is almost never the letter E. Wow. Sage yeah. advice. <laughs> That's good advice. Remember that, people. If you ever take a test, it's almost never the letter E. Uh, <clears throat> there we go. Now we know. Now, we take another little twist in this movie. Uh, again, he thought he was away from Dice Man. But guess who catches up to him? Uh, let's get into Dice a little bit. I'll tell you what, Anthony. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? Uh, then we'll come back. We'll talk about Dice. We'll finish up the movie. And uh, that'll be it. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan to me. Let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. And we will be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Had to take a little break. Needed uh, couple, needed lighters. Needed to take a piss. And I did both. So I'm all good now. Anthony, you are there, right? Yes, I am, sir. All right, all right. All right. So, we left off right here. Judd Nelson was just done having his little romp with Tracy and all that good stuff. And now... We get to where the Dice Man finds him. Get into a little bit of Andrew Dice Clay talk. Andrew Dice Clay, um, obviously a very dirty comedian. Um, in 1989, actually, he was banned from MTV for life uh, for reciting what he called adult nursery rhymes during the uh, Video Music Awards the ban was finally lifted in 2011, but uh, do you know any of those dirty nursery rhymes? Do you know any of them? I know them, but unlike you, I can't recite them off the top of my head. Oh, I can recite every one. Every, every one. Which one? Give me a nursery any, rhyme. Any one you want. No, just give me a nursery rhyme. Any one. Pick a nursery oh. rhyme. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, hickory dickory dot. Some chick was sucking my cock. The clock struck two. I dropped my goo. I dumped the bitch on the next block. <laughs> even, I mean, come on, though. Even by, the, even by like late 80s standards, that was pretty, uh, pretty hardcore. It really wasn't, dude. It was where comedy was at that time. You had Dice. You had Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison was making phone calls to 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 ex girlfriends, quote unquote, on of of guys in the audience on the stage and calling them whores and cunts and liars and telling them you broke his heart, you fucking bitch, ow ow. I mean, dude, this is where comedy was. This is where it was in the late eighties, early nineties. This is just where it was. It really was, and I mean, this movie was before those times, but. You know, 1989, 1990, this was where, this was where we were, man. You know, you could go out there, you could do that stuff. Dude, Dice was filling 
Madison Square Garden. He was selling out the garden doing adult nursery rhymes. Well, yeah, I want Marcus Hustle. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, I'm personally not offended by it, but I could see how, like, you know, they, I mean, we always call this, like, the Pussified Era, the PG Era, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But they, every every generation's had those PC types that are offended by everything. And I could see somebody just being in a crowd listening to that and being like, oh, me, huh? Oh my God! How can you speak about women that way? That delicate flowers. And it, all it, that type of shit. It, it was never the people in the crowd. It was always the people. It was the critics. It was the media that tore both of these guys apart at the time. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we lost you know Kinnison April tenth, nineteen ninety four. But you know, had their rivalry gone on longer, man, I really think it would have comedy might have been changed. A little bit. Now, Kinnison was sober. He wasn't... I mean, I really... I, I hate to say this in these ways, in, in, in this way, but Kinnison sober was not as funny as Kinnison fucked up. But he might have found a way to, uh, you know, blend the two together. But um, I don't know, man. Comedy was just a lot different. People weren't as offended by everything. You could say things you didn't have to fucking apologize for. Like I said, man, I mean, the, but like, you know, every nursery rhyme he had a thing for. And I know every fucking one of them. And and uh, let's and, uh, let's be clear. Any comedian that apologizes, at least with me, you lose credibility. I'm sorry. You lose credibility if you're a comedian and you're apologizing. You do. Never apologize. You're right. And you know what? That's what I like about David Chappelle has, you know, he made all these jokes about, you know, um, oh, what, what, who did he make a joke about recently? Whoever, he, I, I forget who it was, but he didn't apologize. Chappelle has never apologized. Every other comedian out there, even comedian, has apologized for a fucked up thing they said. Yeah, look at Sarah Silverman. I used to love Sarah Silverman. But even she's going to go on like the pussify route. She even apologized for something she said during some TV show she made. Uh, she, she was on. She said something during a, I think it was even a, maybe even a New Year's Eve thing. Remember, she said something. She had to yeah. apologize. Everyone's, every comedian has had to apologize. It's just as bad as wrestling. You can't be a heel in wrestling anymore. You cannot be a true comedian anymore without being crucified by somebody. Well, let me ask you this, Box. What? Since we're on this uh, note anyway. Mm -hmm. Could you picture Carlin or Pryor apologizing for a damn thing? No. Carlin would not only apologize, but he would go up there and do it every fucking show, three times a show. Whatever you fucking made him try to apologize for. There's yeah. a lot of comedians that I think would not apologize right now. Um you know, th that are from that era who would be like, fuck you. Yeah. Dan Dangerfield, I don't think he'd apologize. Yeah, Red Fox, the other one he would oh, apologize. Red Fox would have told you to go fuck yourself, you know, <laughs> prior, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, you know, at certain times even Eddie Murphy might have, but, I mean, even he's had to apologize, but... He's only had to apologize for things he's been caught for. He didn't have. He's never apologized for a a joke. 
you know? Yeah, cause, and that's exactly what they are, jokes. I mean, I think it was Carlin that he said, like, a long time ago, anything, you can make a joke out of anything, even rape. I mean, people have a right to be offended by whatever, but at the end of the day, when it comes to comedy, it's all up for grabs. It is. And, I mean, a comedian a while back did make a rape joke, and he got fucking crucified for it. Uh, but he didn't apologize. And I, 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 Joe Rogan talks about it, the, the guy all the time. I completely forget who it is, but he made a joke and it was a, it was obviously a joke. You know, some chick was heckling him and he said, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if she left here and got raped? It was a joke. And I I mean, even the way I say it's a little harsh, it was obviously out of context, but it was a fucking joke, dude. So anyway, let's get back to this movie. Dice finally does come back to him though. Um, and again, you know, I, I was a big fan of Dice. This this is where he got the character. He sort of rolled the character from here. But uh, Dice finds Eddie at this little uh, high school. We have heard the word teenagers, and obviously this is a high school. So here we go. Let's roll with the Dice Man. By the way, they broke Nikki's finger to find out where Eddie was at, and we'll roll. No Christmas card. No Valentine candy. I'm a very delicate human being. Yeah, I was gonna... I was gonna call you, you know? You've caused me a great deal of hurt, not to mention causing Nikki a great deal of pain. Yeah, well... I was going to come and see you. I mean, there was just I don't a couple doubt it. things that I was going to take care of. Shut your mouth when I talk to you. Get over here. We've got a problem. You see, you owe me $10,625. $3,700. Interest. Are you prepared at this point in time to make full restitution? When you say this point in time, do you mean now? Yeah. No? Eddie, not good. Wrong answer. You know, you look like a fish when I do. Look at him. Look like a gup. Hey, you punks can be hamburger meat in 60 seconds. Copper world. <laughs> the beauty of it is, they think I'm kidding. I crack myself up, you know that? Listen, Eddie, Eddie, I understand you're being paid a considerable sum to attend Hoover Academy. No, I get the money when I graduate. <laughs> the interest alone will bury you. But tell you what your enterprise find a way you got 72 hours so there you go 72 hours he's got to come up with the money um he's doing everything he can to come up with the money now you know uh by the way before we get too far off of the comedian topic um a lot of people in the chat room are bringing up mitch hedberg uh he was on the verge of blowing the fuck up, dude. Um, I actually saw him live once. He was, wow. he was a mess. I went to the late show and he was so fucked up on, I don't know what, but he was so fucked up. Couldn't remember his act was literally asking the audience 
to throw out things they've heard him talk about so he could do his show. Yeah. Yeah, so, Jake, Jake. yeah that's a shame. That's your only live experience. Of the- it was still a great show. He still was hilarious. And believe it or not, the crowd knew enough of his stuff to really make it funny. But it was still a great show, man. And just the fact that I got to see Mitch Hedberg live in Miami at the Improv was fucking really cool, man. I actually, I've got his uh, autograph. Hey, you got a picture too? Just an autograph. Oh. I got a Hedberg, I got a Hedberg autograph, a Jeff Dunham autograph, and a uh, John Panette autograph. You know John Panette? That one I don't know. All right, I think, I think I've mentioned this a few times. He was the, if you remember the last episode of Seinfeld, he was the guy who got robbed that they didn't the the one who who made them get arrested. Ah, the customer, yeah. That was John Panette. Um Jeff Dunham, you know who he is. Of course. Right. I got his autograph. I bought a Walter doll and he signed the ass of the Walter doll. I still have it. Very cool. You push the button and it you push the hands and it makes uh, little Walter references. Um and uh yeah, and Jim Norton also. Wow, very cool. Yep. Some heavy hitters. I, I forgot to mention him when we were talking about the Eddie Murphy. I saw Jim Norton also. Got his autograph too. So, But uh, he's doing everything he can to get the money. He's gambling. Uh, they're playing dice in the back room. Uh, everything he can do in order to try to get this money. Um, <clears throat> now, the school is trying to get contributions uh, they're, they're not broke, but they're still trying to get money. Uh, they do have some people there and, uh, the Dean Gordon jump invites them to come back that night. <clears throat> so, you know, they're going to come back that night and meet some of the students and this and that. And, uh, from there we see Eddie and, uh, Rand, they're coming back from class and uh, this is where I'm going to start the scene from, is right here when they're coming back from class. Not only does Dice show up, but the real Palmer Woodrow is now at the school, and he could fuck up everything. So here we go. Oh, uh, Muffy calls you earlier. You Palmer or Biff? You Palmer. She's pissed because you've been avoiding her. Said she'd be here this weekend for a confrontation. <laughs> oh, what's the difference? I'm going to be dead by this weekend anyway. Hey, bonjour, boys. Palmer, what, what? What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, I'm checking up on my investment. Do you mind? Hey, who is reading this? I mean, give me a break. We Emily Post does not know dick about etiquette. I've been through this whole book, and there's not one chapter on farting. Hey, hey. And this is Pinpoint Oxford. Well, aren't you, Mr. Heidi Tidy? Thought you were in Europe or in a Turkish prison or something. Ah, eh, Paris ain't all it's cracked up to be in the springtime, mon frere. Besides, it's amazing how suspicious your parents can get when you're using their credit cards, you know? Hey, Rand, can you get your skinny ass off my fries, please? Oh, oh look at that. God. Palmer, you know. You being here, uh, you may be able to solve a few problems. Yeah, like what? Like Muffy, who has been looking for you all year long. And what else? 
All right. So, and what else? Anthony, what do you think the other problem he can fix is? The Dice Man problem. That's right. Yes. That's right. So they think maybe they can solve their little Dice Man problem. Um, And uh, this is where they... This is where we get a little party, but I do want to play the little scene um, right here where Dice walks in the room, and here we go. Who's this guy, the auto shop teacher? <laughs> hey, uh, 72 hours isn't up yet. Auto shop teacher? <laughs> How amusing. <laughs> get over here. Wait, I can't do <laughs> What's this? Gumby goes to school? That's Get over here. here. If you don't kill me, I'll buy a new gold chain. Save your money for a pine box. Get in here. Eddie. I don't have the uh, money that you want. So you're you're wasting your time and your very fine wardrobe. You know, Eddie, it greatly disturbs me that being in my presence makes you want to shit in your pants. This is a celebration. I have made a momentous decision. After consultating with Nikki, I find the only way I am to collect my money is if you graduate. Am I correct? Yes. Fine. Now, because I love you like a brother, and I mean that, Eddie, it comes from the heart. I mean it. The left eye order, the vein that pumps love, I'm going to cut your deal. You're to collect $10,000 when you graduate. Keep 50 bucks for yourself, and I get the rest. 50 bucks? Now, you're not being released totally on your own recognizance. I mean, you've been known to screw up in the past. For this very reason, Nikki and myself will remain to make sure you do not so choose to do so again. Um, I I don't think that this is a very good decision. I, however, think it's a brilliant idea. Brilliant! Is there now a full understanding between all parties concerned, Eddie? Uh, if that means you and me, uh, yes. Good. Let us now commence celebrating. All right, so they get a little party going on, but now we see the deal. Um, he's gonna let him off the hook, but he gets to keep 50 bucks for himself, and Nikki is gonna stick around and make sure he does not fucky-uppy. Um, but they are, but they are having a party now. Um, always a weird, again, it's just crazy to see Dice in this part because he wasn't the Dice man he was, but he still had the, the attitude, the, the shirt. He's kept all this stuff throughout his whole career, man. You know, the the blinged out shirt, the whole attitude, the I mean, he's still dice. He's still the dice man. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. He basically took like what could have been like a throwaway part mm-hmm. made a career out of it. He I, really did, man. He really, really did, man. And I really you know, I've I've like I said, I've always been an Andrew Dice Clay fan and you know, I'm I'm glad he's still trying. I know he actually has a show on HBO right now. I think it's I'll HBO. Check, or maybe check it out. Yeah, it's something. It's, it's something with uh, even his kids are on the show. But uh, we do get to see a little bit of dice impersonations in this scene because um, 
you know, like I said, they're having a party, they're going through, they're doing all kinds of crazy shit. Now, obviously, Judd Nelson, you know, he's freaking out. Like, look, if I don't, uh, this party's crazy, dude. If I don't graduate, you're not going to get your money. He's like, come on, let's entertain your friends a little bit. But not only do we, in the background of this scene I'm going to play, this is the Frank Stallone song. Now, the funny part of this is, uh, basically, he's dancing like John Travolta from Staying Alive and doing a Travolta, Travolta impression, but he is known for doing a Stallone impression also, but Frank Stallone is in the background while he's doing this Travolta impression, and uh, here we go. Let's roll with it. You lay off the skull. I, I, I work a long time on my head and, and you rattle my brains. I get confused, you know what I mean? It's good stuff. All right, a real quick scene I just wanted to play for you, just to hear Dice do his Travolta. Uh, always funny to see, but he's got the shirt on everything and he's doing the old uh the staying alive stuff you ever see staying alive yeah you, so you've seen saturday night fever and staying alive yes i have all right good well, they're my favorite but i like i like them no look they're not again dude you got to go for the times it's the times um now i do want to mention the real palmer in this movie is wearing a shirt that was so popular in the late and early and uh, the late and mid eighties, the Varney shirts. You it, you know the shirt I'm talking about, Anthony. I know the shirt you're talking about for the movie, but uh, mm-hmm. edu- educate the younger listeners out there. Everybody and their mother had a Varney shirt. I don't even remember where this company was originated. Why it was so popular, but everybody had a Varney shirt. And the same one that he has. The white, the red, white, and blue. Everybody had one. They had Varney watches. People had them. Um, This was right when swatches and Varney were both sort of competing. I don't know if you know what a... Do you remember swatches? Of course, I remember those. All right. Well, back in the eighties, people used to wear like ten of them on their on each arm. The yeah, 80s Varney, was... and I'll say mm-hmm. this though, I ain't mean to cut you off, but no. the Varney does not need to make a comeback. <laughs> mm. I don't know. It just, just it could. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Varney making a little comeback. Yeah. <laughs> All Keep right. Keep that one in the past. Keep that one in the past. All right, we can keep that one in the past. Um, So basically, the party's going on. Uh, Finally, it does start getting broken up. The people that they were invited for uh, to come and meet some of the students did show up. And we get a little titty. Remember? Every good 80s movie had titty in it. And this was a good 80s movie. So we got a little bit of a titty uh, shot in this movie. Uh the uh you know so but then of course he gets in trouble for this party he has uh palmer does of course he does because it was an insane party 
So let's go ahead, though, and play the scene where he's obviously going to be in uh, the uh, Gordon Jumps office. Here we go. You disappoint me, Woodrow. You really disappoint me. Your academic achievement showed such promise. And, and, and now this. You cost this school a much-needed grant because you're cavorting all over the Hoover campus with some, well, who knows what kind of trash. I don't understand you. I mean, you come from a good, well, a rich family. Level with me, Woodrow. You're not some kind of a mental case, are you? Because I don't need that right now. I really don't. Starting today, you are on probation. And if you want to continue your education at the Hoover Academy, I suggest you get your father here immediately. Um... But my father, he's, uh, he's in Europe on business. That's your problem. Get him here. Well, forget it, man. You'll never get my father here. You're talking about blowing the whole thing. All right. So, we don't need to play this scene, really. Obviously, now they got a problem. He has to get a father to come to the school. Or they're fucked. I mean, fucked. Um... So they need to come up with somebody. Because remember, no, no one knows what's going on here. They really, really have no one to go to. The only people that know what's going on are in this little room right here talking, which are the real Palmer, Eddie, and Rand. They have no one else they can go to. Uh, but they do have one problem they do need to take care of, and that's Muffy. Because, uh, you know, Muffy said she was coming to school. So that is one problem they can take care of. Palmer does go and take care <laughs> of Muffy, if you know what I mean. Um, and then after that, he uh, tells her he never wants to see her again. <laughs> and it's really a hilarious scene. Again, you need I, I, it's not worth playing. It's a lot of visual shit. You need to see what he's doing and wearing and the facial expressions and all the shit going on. But uh, it's a good scene. He does take care of Muffy, though, and, you know, that's one one thing they don't have to worry about. But they do finally find a father, Anthony. Yes, they do. They do. And that father is Nicky, the hot dog vendor from the neighborhood. Uh, he's all healed up, and they bring him in, and he's... He's overdoing it a lot. Um, but obviously, Dice had told him, you know, what to do. And they work out a pretty good scam. Um, we'll hear about it in, in a little while. I do have that scene ready to go. But the, literally, you know, the the father, Nikki, quote unquote father, he's laying it on thick and you know, they're ready to build fucking whole wings and name libraries after him and everything. But uh, we go after all that part and we go to the scene now where, you know, basically the, the you know, the, the, the Gordon Jump is like, well, I, I'm, I'm good now. I, I just needed to meet you. I feel much better. And um, let's go ahead and play this scene here and we'll go from there. Well, Mr. Woodrow, I feel much better about Palmer. Much better. In fact, I see no reason why I should remain on probation. Oh, no favoritism. If Palmer is on probation, then he must earn his way up. What? That's a refreshing sentiment. Thank you. Uh, no, uh, there mustn't be any preferential uh, treatment. That 
doesn't build character in a man. Isn't that what Hoover is all about? I can't believe you said that, Nikki. How could you say something like that? I thought I did well. Well, Nikki, you went psycho on me. The Woodrow Memorial Library? He's probably gonna hold up my diploma till the new dorm's built. Let him earn his way off probation. Thanks, Nick. I was merely echoing my father's belief that you spared the rod and spoiled the child. Yeah, well, it's too bad he didn't believe in birth control. Listen, when you went in there, they was ready to kick you out. Now they're ready to kiss your ass. So you graduate, then I take away my donation money. Okay, so now you're a hero. Hey, huh? Among the so there you go. There's their little plan that they have right now. Uh, and he's right. They were ready to kick him out, and now they are pretty much ready to kiss his ass. Um, you really can't fucking deny that. Uh, we go to the next, uh, the next little scene. There's another hilarious scene. Uh, the real Palmer, Anthony, walks yeah. in. And is, is this one of the craziest scenes you've ever fucking witnessed or what? Yeah, I actually had a. <laughs> it was funny, but I, I it took me a while to process it. I, I found myself rewinding it a couple times because it was that intense. Yeah, it is a pretty weird scene. Um, again, the real Palmer just got back from uh, giving Muffy a little, uh, a little loving, and uh, let's hear what he says. We go to the room now where he's uh, he goes into Rand's room. Rand's in there studying with uh, Blimp. And let's roll this motherfucker. I'm back, and I'm better than ever, baby. Took care of Muffy, gave her the old hot beef injection, and left her begging for more. Hey, who's this? Friar Tuck? Nice build, kid. Uh, Blimp, I'd like you to meet Eddie, Palmer's retarded cousin. Palmer? Palmer? Where is the old sot? Sot? He's eating dinner with his father. And how is old Daddykins? I guess Daddykins is fine because Palmer hasn't been back to pack. No? Well then, let's celebrate. For you, little John, a mutton chop and a gift of Bacchus with which to wash it down. It's all right. He's schizo. Thinks he's Errol Flynn once in a while. Come, you must join my merry band and then you too may laugh like this. <laughs> a manly laugh. For manly men such as we. Mr. Hoover, hi. Can I help you with something? I was looking for young Woodrow. I have a little something here for him and his father. He's out, but his cousin the retard's here. Weren't you the host on Creature Features? I'm sorry I missed him. That's so. Okay, we can stop there. Uh, so I guess we forgot to mention that the real Palmer is also a little bit insane. I guess we should have brought that up. I forgot yes. about that. But yeah, he's a little bit insane, right, Anthony? Very much so. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, then the next scene we go... Now, remember we said Eddie was really getting into this Palmer role and kind of starting to like some of this uh, hoity-toity fancy kind of life. And uh, the guys kind of see it here. You know, they come in the room to see him and they're joking around and he's being really serious. And uh, let's just play a little bit of this and uh, we'll talk about this scene in just a second here. 
Don't you think you're taking this fitting in bit a little too far? Hey, you know, I know you won't take this personally, but you look like a real asshole in that outfit. Sounds to me like you guys are a little jealous. Maybe I'm better at this than you are. Oh, yeah? Well, at least I took care of Muffy without promising to build her a fucking library. <laughs> are you going to be here long? Because I think you're going to make things very untidy. What are you talking about? We're at the finish line, man. Besides, I'm lovable. I'm affable. And I paid for half of this room. Hey, where, where are you going? I, I thought we were going to go to a movie. Do I look like I'm dressed for the movies? Yeah, but you said... Randall, please, don't whine and don't cramp my style. Hey, he's getting real good at this, you know? I mean, he's turning into a real scumbag. The fuck <laughs> certainly is an elusive animal. All right. So he's all dressed to go fox hunting. Uh, Anthony, you've never been on a horse, so you've never been on a fox hunt. Neither have I. Okay. My dad has. Okay. My dad's been on a couple of fox hunts. Um, it's kind of weird. They send. Do you know what a, you, you know what a Jack Russell is, right? Yes. The that's the dog they use to do fox hunting. And uh, basically, they walk through the woods, and the dogs do all the work. And they once the dogs go into the foxhole, the reason the Jack Russells have those small docked tails, but with just a little, like enough to grab, uh-huh. is because literally what they do is they grab the dog's tail and slowly pull him out, and he's got the fox in his mouth. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do a lot of fox hunting anymore, to be honest with you. But my dad has been on fox hunts and never actually gotten a fox before. But uh, Jack Russell's is the dogs they use for that. But again, he's kind of getting into this part. And not not only are, you know, Rand and the real Palmer worried, but. Even Tracy's a little worried about him, and she comes up and says something to him right here, actually. Here we go. I mean, uh, you're not really starting to get into this, are you? Is that wrong? That's how you live. No, no, you're missing the point. Hello. That's how my family has lived for a very long time. This is not how I think. Oh, you think I've changed? Well, I haven't. I'm still the same lovable guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the same lovable guy would let Daddy buy him the Hoover Award. What does that crack mean? Shit! Good guess. So there you go. Even she's a little worried about him. Kind of like, you know, you're kind of overdoing this a little bit. Um, Again, she's not even in on the, the whole thing going on, but she knows... Something's a little weird, and he shouldn't be doing all this. But um, once again, Muffy is at the school. Uh, she she calls him Biff right in front of Biff, and he's like, oh, I forgot to tell you, Biff, my middle name is Biff. Um, and he goes off with Muffy, Eddie, uh, Eddie does. Right yeah. when he's doing that, though, of course... Uh, Tracy pulls up and it gives Biff a second to talk to her 
not only talk to her, but show her that he's going off with Muffy. And of course, he's like, you know, he's she spends a lot of time with her. I'm just, you know, not sure, you know, how he knows who he's dating. So once again, Biff, we've talked about already, he's the ass-kissing piece of shit that uh, we all, you know, kind of uh, despise in the world. Um, but so we, you know, he does leave with her. Biff does that. Now, immediately it goes from there. The next scene is nighttime. Muffy comes pulling up, drunk as fuck, and goes looking for... Now, remember I said Biff was going to come up, and that's why we're talking about him so much in the goddamn movie. Biff is who she's looking for. She's not looking for Palmer. She's looking for Biff because she's pissed at Palmer. So she asks for Biff, and she goes to Biff's room now, Eddie, you know, Judd Nelson, ends up seeing her going towards Biff's room, and he sees it as an opportunity to go in and uh, kind of pay Biff back a little bit. So here we go. Let's go ahead and play this. Biff, uh, Eddie actually, or uh, Palmer, as uh, Eddie as Palmer, goes into uh, Gordon Jump and tells him a little bit of uh, info here. I think that you know how much this hurts me. How much it hurts me to squeal on a fellow student. But it's Biff, sir. He has a girl in his room. Damn. We'll see what Palmer thinks of this. So, you know, she starts kissing his back and everything, and he goes, Skip? He he thought it was his roommate, which is odd. Um, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, anyway, he does get caught. Um, they, they don't really show anything happening for that infraction. Uh, but, uh, you know, we go to the next scene where, you know, Gordon Jump is looking for uh palmer and again it's palmer the real palmer eddie and rand in this room now he is actually winning the hoover award which would be kind of like you know your school's highest award which i guess would kind of be valedictorian in yeah. the school uh maybe not, not really maybe dean's list something like that yeah you know what that's probably a better comparison to something like you know dean's list highest honor or something like that but um, let's go ahead and uh, play this scene again. Uh, again, Gordon Jump is looking in, trying to find Palmer. And we hear a little bit about the Hoover Award here. Let's roll. Gentlemen, scene pump. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> you rascal, I've been hunting all over for you. Uh, how do you think your finals are going? Good, I hope, because it'd be embarrassing if you didn't win that Hoover Memorial Award this year. I mean, after your father and his business manager set up that wonderful fun for us. What? We didn't tell you about it, huh? Well, really, quite simple, you see. For every dollar raised and put into the fun by the Academy, he matches it with a dollar. And, of course, that, uh, that wonderful business manager, what's his name, Diceman? Uh He's going to administer the fund for us. Oh, that's 
That's great. Yeah. You. Do I know you? Exchange student. From Slobovia. Oh, yeah. I think I re uh, remember hearing about that. Well, I, I got to get down to the gym. Wordman and I are playing a little one-on-one -on -one basketball. <laughs> I'm quite good, really. I can't believe it. Look, we're going to have to tell the school everything, all right? Everything. No way. The dice man's going to say they were part of the scam. Phony student, phony father, real jail. Don't look at me. I did my part. I took care of Muffy. Muffy took care of Biff. I did my part. Just give me my diploma. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm through. I'm finished, all right? You have been treating me like dog shit, Mr. BMOC. And you haven't been very nice either. You know, Palmer? I'm rich. I don't have to be nice. <laughs> don't sound so depressing. Okay? It's depressing. So there we go. There's that scene. Um... You know, and you know, he, he mentions dice. Now, Anthony, yep. here's something you might not know. Do you want to know who the first uh, person that was cast to play the Dice Man character? Yes, I'm very interested. Jim Carrey. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked out well. Andrew Dice Clay was cast after being seen at a comedy club uh, by the film's casting director, Julie Setzer. Um, even though, you know, his age, you know, was a little, he was a little old for the ca the character at the time, uh, Clay was cast on the spot as soon as they saw him. They actually saw Jim Carrey and approached him in the parking lot for the role, and he immediately turned him fucking down oh you know what and i'm sorry he wasn't the, the it, i'm sorry dice man wasn't the character he was uh, gonna play it was uh eddie keaton judd nelson's role so we could have had jim carrey as the judd nelson role how would that would have worked huh yeah it wouldn't have worked out in my opinion no i don't think it would have worked either uh jim carrey wasn't Jim Carrey, first of all, back then. But that definitely wouldn't have worked with, you know, Judd Nelson played this part very well. Yes. He really did. It wouldn't have fitted Jim Carrey. But um, it is uh, it is funny that Dice Man was, was literally cast right there and not as Dice Man. He was just Andrew Clay at that time. So... But yeah, I mean, from there, um, now Eddie, again, doesn't know why Tracy's not talking to him, and he goes to find out why. They steal Biff's car, they, Rand, the, the, the real Palmer, and Eddie, steal Biff's car, and they go to um, Tracy's house, get her attention, and... You know, <clears throat> he has to talk to her. So he does talk to her. And, uh, you know, but again, he drove on her lawn. He stole Biff's car. And guess who gets blamed for it? Because they leave Biff's car there because it won't start. So Biff gets blamed for it. And now we find out what happens to Biff between the girl in his room and this. Let's go ahead and go for it. I don't know how it got there. I parked it in the lot, 
I went up to my room and I studied diligently all night. Make me puke, Hamilton. All I know is that your car was the Hoover's yard and you're expelled. But, sir, uh, you're expelled. You get out of here. What? Expelled? So there we go. Biff got expelled for that. Uh, they, you know, he got blamed for everything these guys did. Uh, still in the car, everything. Um, so we go from that scene and, you know, they're, it's graduation day. We're at the end of the movie, folks. Graduation day. And Dice, of course, is there with Nikki because, you know, Nikki's obviously the father of Palmer. And uh, they sort of confirm that the deal is still going down, man, you know. So one more time, they threaten Eddie also. And here we go with the threat. If I knew that turned you into a freak of nature, I would have made you a dice set. Had I known about your scam, you would have done a... exactly what you're doing now. Cooperate. I didn't want anything to do with it. But he did not want to jeopardize our friendship. Look, we'll all prosper. What do you care about these people anyway? If they knew who you were, you couldn't kiss their ass. He's right, Eddie. He's right. I'm always right. I'm ingenious, so. He's got an attitude. Yeah, he's got an attitude. Shut up. So there you go. He does say there, if they knew who you were, they wouldn't kiss your ass like this. So he's right. Um, but that is a little bit of foreshadowing to what's going to happen in a little while. Um, the uh, Tracy's father finally sees Nikki. Remember, Nikki is supposed to be Palmer's uh, father. <gasps> what? You all right? Everybody okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Sorry about that. Mm. We're good? You sneeze? Yeah, Bless you? Yeah. Gazoo Thank tight? You. you all right? You good? Okay, we're good. Okay. Wow. Thank you. No Bye problem. Too. All right, we're good. You're welcome. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Um. Now, again, uh, Tracy's father gets uh, Nikki into, into the auditorium and in this scene a driver gets out of a limousine and goes and grabs Dice let's go ahead and actually play that scene right now you the gentleman they call Dice no I'm the tooth fairy yeah I'm Dice who are you I drive for the real Mr. Woodrow. Hey, what's that supposed to mean to me? Mr. Woodrow can explain. Unless you prefer to have the authorities do the explaining. That's uh, right. All right, so everybody's getting taken away here. Uh, Nikki is being dragged into the building and Dice has just gotten dragged into the limousine of what, what we believe is Palmer's real father, the real Palmer's real father, 
who now we think knows what's going on. So let's go ahead and play it from there <clears throat> because uh, we find out a little bit of what's going on and where Dice is and what's going on. A little scam ends today. And I will personally take care of that wacko hot dog salesman impersonating me and that punk impersonating my son. Because as I see it, you're the little fish in this scam. They're the brains. Oh, yes, sir. As a matter of fact, they had me sucked into this whole thing before I even knew what was going on. I mean, I'm a song and dance man by trade. This tomfoolery doesn't hold water with me. Randall Weatherby. Palmer E. Woodruff. All right. So we not only hear a little bit of, you know, Dice's, you know, he's being told by the father. This is, you know, you, your your scam stops today. Uh, and we also hear that Palmer graduated. You know, Eddie, as Palmer, did actually graduate. Um, so that's a good thing, obviously, because Palmer gets his trust fund and Eddie gets his money. But we hear a little more of the conversation that we were, you know, just heard a minute ago with uh dice and palmer's father <clears throat> we'll see i want to save my family further embarrassment to do that you disappear we understand each other oh yes sir if you interfere things could become unpleasant here's your ticket you take your song and dance act on the road you like Al Pacino? Watch this. I'm dying over here. I can't take it. Everybody's coming down at me. No, he doesn't like Pacino. How was I to know he didn't like Pacino? Have a nice flight, jerk off. <laughs> All right. So we find out the father is actually the coach. They got the coach in on all this stuff, which didn't really surprise me because obviously the coach didn't really, you know, kind of try to play himself off to be some sort of, you know, good guy. So they got the coach in on it now, man. So he... Played the father, and Dice is gone now. So Dice thinks that the father is on to him, and he has disappeared. Uh, but we still now come to the part where Palmer, Eddie, uh, receives the award. The Hoover Memorial Award. And here we go with a little bit of that. To uh, thank Mr. Hoover and... Uh... The Board of Trustees and uh, uh, the entire faculty here at Hoover Academy. Uh, this award means a lot to me. Um, more than I think any of you can imagine. Because for the first time in my life, I did something that a lot of people, including myself, didn't think I could do. And uh, it makes me very proud. Thank you. 
So everybody's clapping. Uh, Tracy is in the audience, not happy with him still. Um, and he he's looking at the award. He's looking at everybody. And he actually decides right here that the hell is that? Uh, no clue. You heard that? Did you just hear laughing? Like crazy laughing? Yeah. Oh, Are we haunted? Bro, Skype is fucked up again, man. That was crazy. Jesus Christ. I, I'm glad you heard it because I'm not. Yeah, I, I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, I'm not even sharing system sounds. Whoa, dude. Once again, Skype has haunted. Holy fuck, dude. All right. Anyway, um, awkward, creepy. Sorry, everybody. Let's, uh, let's keep going here because he actually decides to come clean and tell everybody, uh, well, see what kind of sense of humor they have. Let's go from there. I just go with the Um, we're gonna see what kind of sense of humor you guys have. You know how when I said before how uh, proud I was, you know, because for the first time in my life I didn't screw up. Well, that's not that's not the whole truth. See, I did screw up. Um, I forgot who I was. And when I did that, I hurt the most important person in my life. It was the one person who could have said, uh, hey, you know, I don't care if you're uh, Palmer Woodrow or Eddie Keaton. Because, uh, um, here's the joke. <laughs> That's who I am. I'm, uh, I'm Eddie Keith from Jersey. I was, uh, I was hired to play Palmer Woodrow. I did a good job, too. I did, uh, I got a cashier's check, uh, a red Porsche. I'm the kind of guy that, uh, most of you people wouldn't let into your house. And this guy here, the one who's going to give all the money to the school, he's, uh, he's a hot dog vendor in my neighborhood. And his business manager, he's my bookie. <laughs> well... I don't know about all you, but uh, I feel great. <laughs> so if you still want to give out these awards, I think maybe you should give one to the real Palmer Woodrow. He's, uh, he's right here, there in the uh, fourth row. I think you'll like him a lot. An award for a little old me? Swell. Talk about making a guy feel like part of the team. This is thanks. I need to remind me to send you a Christmas bomb. Thanks a lot for this. Uh, it'll break my cell. And we'll see you next year at graduation. All right. So there you go. Eddie comes 100% completely clean 
tells everybody who he is, what's going on, what they did. Uh, buries Nikki, buries Dice, who's gone anyway, so it doesn't matter what's you know what's going on. But uh, this, uh, this is close to the end of the movie. Um, there's you know everybody's sitting there going, "Oh, what the fuck just happened?" Eddie's sitting there with his Porsche. Uh, Gordon Jump is being taken to the hospital because he was the one that fell down when you heard the, the, the hitting on the ground. Let's just go ahead and play the ending of the movie, and then we will wrap this shit up, folks. I found my favorite woman in the whole world! You didn't have me fool for a minute. Favorite woman? She's a phony, snooty gold digger. I know, isn't she great? We can talk to each other. I just don't know which one to go first. Tactical faux pas, you blithering idiot. This diploma unlocks my trust fund, and I can be very generous if I want to. I'm that kind of a guy. Take him away. This is the most embarrassing day in Hoover history. Well, it's certainly embarrassing for me. Imagine some imposter. Money? This is what it's all about? Well, I'll just endorse this check over to Hoover Academy. Anyone have a pen? Oh. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Hi! Oh. Uh-huh. Am I a total idiot? I earned this money. And I am going to enjoy it. So he doesn't sign the check over to Hoover Academy. He goes to enjoy his money. Now, did you catch the little camera look right there, Anthony? Yeah. Like it was like it was nice and subtle, but I definitely picked up on mm-hmm. it. That was a talk to literally. He looked up and he didn't talk to anyone there. That was a talk to the camera, talk to the crowd. What am I a total idiot? You know, he was telling everyone, "I'm not fucking stupid. This isn't going to happen." But uh, there's just another real quick minute left in the movie. Uh, of course, don't forget about Tracy. You know, he did tell the truth, tell who he really was, and uh, here we go. Well, don't look at me. I'm going to Rio. Call you when I get back. Come on, Rand. This guy's my best friend. I'm his only friend. Come on, Mom. Come on, Tracy. Tracy! Are you sure? I mean, I'm not exactly uh, Mr. Alligator Shirt, you know. So there you go. Uh, and again, this is where we see where it actually says Palmer and Eddie will be back in Torista coming soon. And again, that movie was never made because this was a box office flop. 
Um, but Anthony, yep, actually liked this movie, huh? I did. I, I, by the end of it, I was actually t- <laughs> I was actually disappointed when I was doing my little research and I found out <laughs> this uh, Teresa Flick didn't come out. <laughs> yeah, it never did. I've I I researched it uh, a few times. Never came out. I don't obviously never will. But um, yeah, man, this was a really good. Like I said, underrated, obscure Judd Nelson movie. I really hope uh, anyone who listens to this finds a way to. Like I said, it's on YouTube. I know I probably shouldn't even mention that, but it is on YouTube. Um, I really don't think it's going to mess with anything because they're probably happy anyone's watching their movie at this point. But uh, you know, jump on YouTube. Just you know, again, type in "Making the Grade" 1984. The full movie will pull up. Uh, check this movie out. It's a great, great little movie. Again, I know it's an obscure one. This might not be our best downloaded, uh, podcast, but I don't care, man. I really love this movie and I'm glad that, I'm glad, I'm really glad you liked it, man. Yeah. Well, I I suggested it. It was one of those deals where it was just like, we talked, we talked about it enough and I feel like if we name drop a movie on this show, at some point we just had to review it. Obscure or not. Right. Right. And this one, like I said, is definitely fucking obscure. But, uh, you know, like I said, it it was a really good movie. Early Andrew Dice Clay movie. Like I said, this is, and even, you know, Bobby said during the, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy episode, this is where, this was the movie he got his Dice Man character from. So, you know. I don't know if anyone else has ever taken a character that he played and made it into a career. Yeah, but it worked for him. It did. He, he had the mannerisms down, the dialect, mm-hmm. the talk. I mean, only thing only thing that was missing was he was just built as Andrew Clay. Minus yeah. the dice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he wanted his vulgar here. Yeah. But again, a very obscure movie. I'm really fucking glad you liked it. Uh, as far as the uh, you know trivia, did you knows? I pretty much laid them all out during the movie. There wasn't that many anyway, but um, <laughs> but uh, I'm 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 really fucking glad you like this movie, man. And I hope anyone who hasn't seen it and does watch it enjoys it. Uh, obviously, let us know. You can let us know through iTunes. You can let me and Anthony know on the uh, THD Movie Review uh, page on Facebook. And uh, you can let us know on Twitter also. And you can also catch uh, me and Shaheen here Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are on uh, Mixer.com slash THD Podcast. And, of course, you can catch me and Anthony here every Saturday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Anthony, on that note, let's get the fuck out of here. What do you say, man? Let's do it. All right. Let it See ya. I go home and get your fucking shine box.